Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. All right, what's up? Chapter 11 of Gypsy Tales is coming at you right now. First of all, thanks to everyone that has been listening. We're going to actually start doing some intros to these. I guess as the audience base gets a little bit broader, think I'm going to have to start doing some intros to actually who we're talking to and why we're talking to them. This week, we are talking to my good mate, Todd Waters. Todd has been a friend of mine for over 10 years, I guess, back when he was on 80s, um, both just teenagers up in Cairns. And I'd kind of say he's one of those mates that has progressed from just a, a friend to family. So it's been really cool watching where he's come from and what he's been able to achieve. For those of you who don't know who Todd is, he is a professional motocross and supercross athlete. He's just come back from uh, two years in the world championship. He managed to get a podium over there. Then he came back to Australia for last year, was kind of hampered with injuries. And now he is actually ditching factory equipment for the first time in his career and heading over to the US for this summer as a full-blown privateer. Yeah, it was a really cool podcast. It's always good when you talk to a guy that's known you so long and doesn't really care if the cameras are there or not. I wasn't scared to talk shit and blow me out on a couple of occasions, but that's what makes it fun. Um, this podcast is brought to you by nobody. Uh, we still haven't really chased the sponsor thing too hard, but I will say a special thanks to my younger brother, Maddie McAlpine, and his crew at Alpine Group jump onto their website alpinegroup.com see what those guys have going on they do just a ton of stuff from athlete management to like social media work they build a ton of websites pretty handy shop to be involved with if you're looking for anyone in that kind of creative space all right without further ado we'll get into this conversation with todd waters just a little bit of a heads up we had some technical difficulty the first time we recorded the podcast so we actually went in and recorded the, tried to re-record the first 20 minutes um, just because the video messed up. So um, for those of you who are watching, you'll see two different types of filming. But for those of you listening, you should really notice too much. All right. Gypsy Tales, Chapter 11. We on? We on? We doing it? Yeah. Yeah, we're on. Put it, put it up to your mouth this time, mate. Righto. No need to be like that, mate. Well, there's frustration mounting because this is the second time we've done this intro, Todd. Uh, we had a technical difficulty first time around. Yeah. So then I've, I've started editing the podcast and I've gone 
oh, we're missing like 15 minutes of Todd's video. So instead of subjecting the audience to 15 minutes of straight me and no Todd, <laughs> we come back to, to do it again because it's quite convenient. Todd only lives like 10 minutes, not even five minutes from here. And uh, we were, Todd's wore the same clothes. He's got his hat <laughs> and his same thing. And uh, we were gonna we're like, we were gonna make it look the same. And I was like, nah, look, let's not lie to the people. Yeah. Like, a mistake was made. <laughs> let's just try and copy our first twenty minutes. The last, uh, the last time we did it. So, Todd, yeah. how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm well, thanks, Jace. We're just uh, cruising. It's been raining a bunch here since our last podcast, which mm. wasn't so long ago. But uh, uh, we were doing a bit of surfing back then. Um, from then, I've actually. Yeah, I dislocated my knee while I was training and I got a bucket tear to my meniscus. So that was a little bit of uh, drama considering I'm training. I'm in my preseason to head over to New Zealand uh, via the States. I'm going to the States after that. So uh, that was a bit stressful sort of stressful period of my training for sure. So it's a setback. Um, lucky enough, meniscus tears, yes, they take a long time, like six months if you get it repaired, but there's an option just to get it the so what it was was a bucket handle so the meniscus flapped out like a bucket handle sort of goes to the side uh but what happens is it goes into your joint it can flip into your joint and lock your joint uh that's what i had so i couldn't hyperextend my knee properly probably had about to the five percent of uh being able to hyperextend and that's a problem uh in everyday life because your vmo muscle doesn't switch on and unfortunately i snapped my acl so I need those muscles to be firing to keep my knee stable. So I uh, went in, um, Dr. Tony O'Neill, uh, it's kind of sad when you've got his personal number and you can just shoot him a text message. Him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you're <dumb> your <laughs> <laughs> So that's, uh, lots of people laugh about that when I talk about that side of things. But the fact was Sunday afternoon, um, no, Saturday afternoon, I text Tony, I said, hey, um, what's up dude <laughs> I was just like hey Tony uh, I've got a problem um, can you have a look at this scan report I've done a bucket tear can you book me in and Tony said yeah look Wednesday pop in Wednesday unless you want to do it sooner and I said oh sooner would be great if it's possible and he said oh come in six o'clock Monday morning and I'll I'll cut it out for you so he basically just looked at the report uh, which is just a typed up report of what the MRI guys, when you get your scans done, they just do a, a report and send it to your physio and doctor. And he just, uh, yeah, went keyhole in pretty much like a nose trimmer and just trimmed it all out and good as gold. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's, um, yeah, it's quite quite an experience, I guess. For everyday people that I talk to, they freak out. But for me, I'm like, man, I limped into this hospital, couldn't be, like straighten my leg properly and... Uh, pretty much skipped out of the place which is a that's a win for me i've never had an operation like that before normally if you get a screw removed like that's a week of maybe some bone ache and whatnot whereas i literally walked out of there going oh this feels good my brain's going hang on you walked in here saw what's going on so i actually went for a push bike ride uh the next morning down the beach just to make sure the thing's moving and now i've been back to training not on the bike uh go see him tomorrow so it's been a week go see Tony and um, yeah get the okay and off we go and then Tuesday we'll go over a ride at uh, Red Ops pl- new place that we've been riding at yeah so I haven't been there yet I've seen yeah. you and Tobes went out there yeah uh, sick um, so he's got like a so 
Maddie and Sawley and Kuiper, they, they're all mates of them for like from way back. Yeah. And then I met him at the six hour and um, then he was like, dude, come right our place. And it just, you know, being away and stuff. And then finally Maddie was like, dude, go ride at Ives place. So we're like, all right, sick. And then I've actually been riding with Toby a little bit. Yeah. And then he's got, it's like just a cow paddock. But that's coaching with Toby, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm trying to help him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. I thought it was more coaching for Toby well, I'd, leading into I'd almost this. say like mentor. Yeah. Like more mentoring. Like oh, I'm trying that, to just help him be better. Like what Townley did with you, you know? Yeah. Well, I've got to explain that you're actually helping his riding. I think just move him. Move to the next level. I think just him riding with me. Yeah. Help, you know, like I don't actually have to try. Like I just. Yeah. think it's like one of those association things i guess it gives him the chance to be able to watch you and <laughs> and like have someone to catch you yeah. know but <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. um but yeah so it's like yeah grass paddock and then we got there and he was like oh toby just ride where you think the track should go yeah so then we just followed toby all oh, right there'd be a few circle. logs and rocks in that track wouldn't there well then he's got a full-on enduro loop yeah. after it so you can do the lap of the motocross track and then he's made these bridges and then it's like a full rocky bank thing like it's hard it's pretty it's technical yeah and then you go across the bank into another cow paddock across like the river and then you've got a couple of like enduro sections and then it links perfectly back onto the motocross track nice so you could do it's two and a half k's yep for the if you do the whole thing or you just do the motocross track yeah and right. after the rain if we get a few of us out there it should actually cut up pretty sick yeah but yeah he was frothing like it was pretty rad because he's got he doesn't know what to do he's like dude just yeah. tell me what to do out there and we'll do it so hopefully we get like a skid steer out there and like lip up a couple ramps and stuff so yeah it's quite funny because maddie uh he come in here one day and i met him and maddie kuiper yeah he's a full so, legend but maddie McAlpine. Mm. uh was telling me he's got a block and stuff and he was keen to do a track and i was like yeah i'll i'll be keen to help out and when i when i met maddie in here uh i said oh yeah dude build a motocross track like are you keen to build a supercross track as well like i can get some boys and we'll build a supercross track and he's like oh like how much dirt's that yeah well he would do it <laughs> so it'd be a bit i reckon when but, i reckon when supercross comes around because it's only and it took me 50 minutes from mum and dad's oh yeah so it's not far yep but it's sick the dirt's good yeah it's cow shit everywhere my bike still got cow shit all oh, over i feel it. like back home on the farm at nana and granddad it's the same the thing day. it's the same exact same thing dude yeah i got cow shit on my lip <laughs> like, it flicked up off my front wheel and i was like <laughs> i had to pull over man i was like on the bottom of my goggles <laughs> oh, i was fucked um so yeah we're talking about the when we first did this we were talking about you going to america yep and it hadn't really been released but has it been released now did someone has anyone like actually has it come out Not official. it was like a week ago yeah so i guess this is this is why i didn't because we could have released the audio of the podcast but i yeah. wanted to have you to have a clip of saying what you were going to do with your video and and everything so chuck yeah. your honda hat on mate oh yeah it's okay. gonna go on social this is the clip this is the part where you tell everybody yeah so uh here we go. Headphones are going back I can't on. Here, what'd you say? What's happened to you, mate? The childproof. Are you serious? Give me a mate. No. Yep. Now flip it up. Flip it up. Flip it up. Flip it up. That way. Yep. 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 Yeah, he's got it. Look at that. Look at this lad. Pull, Pull away mic. from Atherton, eh? Pull the mic in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you doing next year or this year? So this it's soon. What are you doing soon? Yeah, soon. We're we're heading off to New Zealand. We're going to do two rounds there. And then 
yeah, then we're shooting over the States about five five months over there doing the outdoor championship. Oh, so, damn. Yeah, damn. It's going to be sick. Big Todd flying the coop, leaving the factory ride. Yeah. I'm a bit gutted. I still haven't got me at Cobra. So I don't know how I'm going to go in the States without me at Cobra. you got to get Matty drunk and he'll buy you one online. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what he did to Weaver. Weaver. <laughs> go out for a big night and Weaver scores a $300 at Cobra. Yeah, that was, a bad like, deal. it was like three in the morning and Matty goes the next day. He's like, oh, I bought Luke one last night. <laughs> and I was like, where'd you buy one? It was just around and down. He's like, oh, no, I got a line. Uh, hey, mate, just close to the mic. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> no, so that's sick. So you're going to go over there. Um, and what's the logistical plan of it? How's it all going to work? Yeah, I'm just more of a free spirit. I just float with the air. Just things fall into place, I guess. You're going to do your own gypsy tail. Yeah, own gypsy tail. Pretty much, that's what we're doing. We're going to do um, start a YouTube channel, like have a bit bit of uh, like behind the scenes. Because I, when I raced World Championship, um, I got thrown in the deep end. I was just... You know, 22-year-old kid just racing here for KDM and Rob Tyrell got me a gig to race over there and before I knew it, I was flying back and forth three, four times before the championship started and, um, yeah, racing the Italian championships. Uh, you know, first time I've ever seen snow, I actually rode in it and raced an ice track. Like, just crazy things and people don't, you know, they just see photos and like, oh, sick, Todd got third in the Italian championship and then went to guitar and I went to all these amazing places, but, you know. You didn't really kind of document it properly. Nah, nothing. I put nothing. Maddie was on to me. Like, Maddie does all my social media stuff and websites and so on. And Maddie was like, dude, you need to be like posting stuff. I was like, man, you do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, at that point, I didn't care and I didn't have didn't have wi-fi like i hardly even touched my phone my parents didn't hear from me no one heard from me like i was just living it and that's all good and well but it was i look back on it now and i'm kind of like man i wish i kind of i rode for one of the biggest teams in the world and experienced some really cool things and people don't understand what's behind the scenes yeah and you can't when you follow tony crowley you don't see that you don't see any of this with well, it's crazy, anyway. like, with Caroli, like, you sort of see him go to the race and all that sort of stuff. Like, the dude, that guy lives in Milan. Like, yeah. he lives in downtown Milan, like, one of the fashion capitals of the world. <laughs> he's, like, his street that he lives on is, like, three, four thousand year old cobblestone yeah. paths. Like, it's just such a different world. And, like, yeah, yeah unless you've been to Europe, to you, it's hard to relate, eh? So, oh. you sort of, you just, I guess you see... You'd think it'd be more like here, but it's like, it's just, it's such a completely different world oh, over there. Like we, we used to go over the start of the year and we'd go to, to Spain, to Red Sands, the track's called. They actually have a GP there this coming year. Um, so that's where everyone goes. If you see Tony Caroli, you see like the, any of the KDM guys, Husqvarna guys, they're all there on this beautiful, mad Red Sand track. And there's probably three, four tracks in the facility and it's probably two hours or so from Barcelona. I'm not 100% sure because I didn't really take any notice, but <laughs> <laughs> as most things, that's why I got to document this stuff, man. <laughs> so you remember it. Yeah. No, so, um, and you just pull up and it's it's winter, so it's freezing cold. It's like two degrees um, and there's not a soul to be seen. Like you're on this amazing beach um, overcast, cold as hell, and just skyscrapers everywhere, cafes and that. Everything's shut. It's hard to even find places open. And the place that we stay, um, Harry Everts actually organises a lot of it. And 
you stay at this massive complex like hotel it's got um all you can eat buffet in it so every meal's buffet they pretty much cater for all the riders all the riders are staying there they've got a gym there with townley and um everett's all the guys jerseys in it so it's like a full like camp so we yeah. go there for like three probably three four weeks at the start to do pre-season wp come we test um so that's you know and like you said i remember tyler adderay was my teammate at the time and he had American Express credit cards and I'm just coming over with a travel card and there's we couldn't even find ATMs half the time like you go to a place and they're like oh no cash only cash only and you're like what where do I get cash yeah, yeah. and then you walk out on the cobblestone street and you're like what is this stuff man <laughs> like yeah like you said it's complete different but what we see you follow Jeffrey Hurlings and you're like man that track's sick yeah you, you like, just see like that yeah. really limited just the track and then yeah. you see just the haulers in the race and then that gets a little bit familiar because you see like yeah. Teschenthal or whatever it's called in yeah. Germany like you see that a few times and then you see Lamel yeah so it's like yeah it's all of that auxiliary stuff that yeah yeah people just you have no idea unless you actually do it yeah like Lommel you know yeah you've seen the GP but I lived on the fence that was man i could spit to the track so when i'd come home from a gp on uh, sunday night monday afternoon i'm hearing bikes go around lommel like it's open that's all so the time sick. like you know so do they the ever things, prep that track dude they do and it is but it lasts like two minutes retarded fast you go out there and it's so scary like it's just fast and big they change over there they're like oh gp let's chuck some 100 foot triples in and like deeper sand track ever and they're putting these mad big jumps in and stuff when you go there on a practice day they just turn them into big singles and you're just launching it out onto the flat and because they just get bumps so it just makes yeah, and then it gets rough and yeah so, so i guess they'd make it super fast because it gets so slow mm. as it just gets rough and then yeah. if, if you made it slow to start with it'd just be like bop, yeah bop. so like they'd have to make it that yeah. open yeah right yeah so it's I don't know. I'd, there's so many things. Like when I first went there, the forests around Lommel are the scariest things you've ever seen. I, it's like running, it's like Blair Witch Project sort of thing. Like really? You just go on jogging, you're thinking, man, a wolf's going to eat me. Or So I went back and I said to uh, one of the mechanics, Bart, who lives there, and I said, hey, Bart, like, what's going to eat me? Like, what's going to get me out there just so I know? Like, I'm not scared. I just want to know to look out for something. Like, there's a bear going to jump on me or something. And he was like, just laughed at me. He's like, only thing's going to get you is a human. And I was like, nah, but serious. Like, do you have wolves here? Or Because it's honestly cold, like dark. Yeah, you'd think it's just sketchy. Little, I'm looking for snakes and I know there's not snakes there. It's yeah. just built in us. But yeah, so that's, they're the things that I want to capture. You know, it's not going to be as good in America. Um, it'll be a bit more of a story of us going over and, and getting a camper and how we go about it and, um, visas and you know and, and going for the journey because a lot of Australians they watch the American stuff that's what Australia focuses on yeah so um, yeah it's kind of my experience in Europe I, I'd like I would have liked to have told a bit of a story and I'm going to try and do that this time around yeah and I think that like you and Dean you guys were kind of responsible for putting the GP stuff kind of back on the map a little bit for Australians because yeah I mean before we had like Townley and Coppins mm. that, that we'd sort of watch and then there was like a little bit of a dry spell of Aussies and then you and Dean went over there yeah um, 
So it was kind of, I, I feel like you guys actually sort of brought it back a little bit for us. Now we've got Hunter over there who's just yeah. killing it. Like he could be an Aussie world champion like really, oh, yeah. really soon. He's our best chance and he's done it perfectly. Well, yeah, we were talking about that last time. You yeah. said that he did it right by going over there so young. Yeah. yeah. He's got time to develop and you can see that they are, because he's allowed to develop, he can get your 12th place and then get an eighth and you know so did you feel like you just had pressure from the first like you just had to be on the box from the go like you didn't feel like you had any time to get a 12th and learn from it yeah well as a rider you always are like that but you know they from Husvana's side they were like yeah you know top 15s top 10s would be be great for you to be in there um well we're getting sevenths and sixth um at my first I was running sixth in championship by my third GP and um and then we got injured and from then then it just you know all of a sudden like max got injured the next year and and i'd got a podium and and we needed to be that guy yeah i hadn't like 10 10 ever gps in my life and we got a podium you know it's that's not a lot of experience i don't know where the tracks go you know we're we're flying to you know we go to somewhere like spain or to all these sort of GP tracks in Europe, these guys have grown up on them. Like Crowley's done 20 odd years on these tracks. Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's an advantage or disadvantage. I'm well, just, it's got to be an advantage for sure. But yeah. like to it, yeah. I mean, obviously as a, as a rider, you don't want to make excuses because on the day, everyone's yeah. doing the same thing. But I mean, that habit, yeah. like if you come over, if Crowley came over here, you'd have an advantage at a track like Toowoomba. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, I'm saying like Crowley's a, He's world-class. If you're fast, you're fast. That's yeah. how it is. But I would have liked to have been able to develop into it, and that's what Hunter's doing. Yeah. And that's what brings... You need all those little pieces of the puzzle. And him spending... You know, he's spending another... I believe he's going to the States. So, after next year. Or yeah, after this year, maybe. After this year, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it would have been... Do you like, reckon he should have tried to spend another couple of years there to try and win a world title? Or do you reckon the sooner you get to the States, the better? Oh, it just depends what you're after. Like if I was in that position, I probably would have done it exactly like Townley. I think Townley did it perfectly, you know, and Tyler, Radray, they both did it pretty similar. Yeah. They went, they won world championships and then they went over to the States. You know, I, I don't know. I, I like the world championship atmosphere and the vibes and that. Um, but like you talk to Ben and um, Tyler and they say, oh, America's so much easier. Yeah, it's English so speaking. much easier, dude. Yeah. So much easier. So when you're young, you can handle that. And yeah. I was I was fine with all that sort of stuff. Because it was an experience for you as well. Like yeah. you hadn't traveled a lot before that. No, nah, nothing. Oh, just in Australia. But yeah. Yeah, so I think, um, I think what we're up to, I'm excited for. That's for sure. Like I kind of, I, tr- I just went through like three years of just, man, we're we'd be racing in Italy and then you jump on a plane to Qatar, Thailand, back to France and then you'd go like, what was it, 32 hour flight to Argentina with something like three stopovers? Yeah. You know, like, and then you'd be racing the next weekend or you might have a weekend off. And then you go straight to Thailand. Yeah. And it's just like, boom, 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 like just insane. You can't even think. And then I come back here to Australia and it's like, um, okay, we have the first round then we have two weeks off and you're like, oh, two weeks, but it's only one day format. Like it's, yeah, over there you do twice the amount of riding on a weekend so your body and your tracks are brutal so it was um i guess i got itchy feet a little bit like i come back here and i've been to all the tracks and it just felt really old to me and i'm like man i i need to go on a holiday yeah. <laughs> i need to go 
and race and I'm excited to I miss racing and seeing guys that are just performing at an incredible level like you know it's big in in the GPs and it's big in America you know to see Crowley or your Ken Roxons and Tomax like that's cool yeah I'm keen to get back and and have that feeling on the start line lined up next to them going far out yeah yeah just ready to ready to get amongst it sort of thing yeah it would be it'd be hard to sustain motivation in australia and especially like it's not like the series is really progressing that much either like i mean i guess you don't have to comment on it but from an outside perspective it's like i don't care about the first round yeah like if jats and you weren't in it yeah i wouldn't even look to see who won yeah because like there's there's no hype gets built there's no you don't you aren't excited for any new tracks you, you're not going to see anything that you wouldn't see at a sunny state yeah you know what i mean it's like there's the jumps aren't bigger the tracks aren't better like yeah you know and then the 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 there's so many sick tracks that it just doesn't even go to yeah like make it a legit aussie title go to gum valley every year go to wanneroo like man why isn't manji not in it yeah you know what i mean like go to the good shit and i'll be yeah. pumped to see it like i don't want to see horsham i don't want to see appen you know yeah. what i mean like it's like the 80 tracks yeah so it'd be hard to sustain like especially coming off the european series where it's like argentina argentina is like the yeah. craziest looking track ever Dude, that's my favorite place in the whole world and it's a huge crowd when we were going out there, I had to drive up the side of all these cars and they were trying to block me because they're thinking I'm just trying to push in the lane. But we had to go out for practice. Like me and Nathan Watson are in the car and I'm just pinned up the side of everyone. The traffic, I've never seen anything like it. Like the amount of people it went. And um, it's kind of crazy seeing all the military. They were cruising around like when you watch um, Narcos, like those sort of oh, dudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... Hey, what's happening? <laughs> yeah, you don't see many AK forty sevens at sporting events in Australia. Yeah, no, but I I kind of think it's sad. When I was growing up, we had a lot of kids on the gate. Like we'd yeah. go to a junior Aussie title sixties, eighties. There were eighty odd kids. We had to qualify. You'd get so nervous that you weren't going to qualify. You know, like what if I crash and don't qualify? We come all, like, we've driven all the way to Adelaide, man. That's like three days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and whereas now, like, and when I was a kid, every Sunday, so Saturday used to be the Supercross. Jay Marmont and Ryan Marmont used to race. So I used to love watching them. And the next day it would be televised on Channel 10. Yeah. So it'd be at lunchtime, I think it was. I'd run in, we'd watch it, and then off we'd carry on doing our thing. Um, so that's gone... And then they used to do the MX National stuff as well. And that's back when they used to have cameras like yeah, a meter back long. back in the 90s. That, you know, I don't even know how they went about editing the things. Yeah. You know, now you got, they could edit something with a GoPro. Like, yeah. you know, there's so much at people's fingertips now and and it's not getting done. I'd, it's, it's It's hard to even find out who wins. Yeah. So it's, I think that, that kind of, and... I know they've got um, they've got the coverage on the website, like on yeah. the MX Nationals website. But it kind of like it'd be nice, like you flicking through and the road racing comes on, yeah, and you're like, oh, there's nothing on. I'm going to watch that. 
you know, just for an everyday person. Yeah. You know, that doesn't happen with our sport anymore. It used to, and it used to be pretty big. Yeah. And that doesn't happen anymore. Like Jill's parents, my girlfriend's parents don't flick through and go, oh, geez, Todd. Todd's racing this weekend. You know, we that do doesn't see happen. on that dope Honda commercial. Though. Oh, yeah, no, but that's it? only on pay TV. Is it? Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's if <laughs> you're watching you Supercross. <laughs> Yeah, what, do you, what, nah. do you, what do you say on that? I'm Todd Waters. Yeah, I ride right, red yeah. and I get head. <laughs> uh, what are you selling? Oh. Lubricants or something, are you? Yeah. How fitting. Oh, that was a bit of a... That was my first time at a commercial and it was a bit strange. Should have just asked Toby, mate. He's, he does them all, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to see Toby on a Rogaine. Like, you know what, how Shane Warne does the ones about growing your hair back? Yeah. <laughs> but he's got a like mullet. <laughs> how good would it be? All right, I'm D- uh, Dakar champion Toby Price. <laughs> just last year, my hair was terrible. <laughs> Six months under Shane Warne and Rogaine. My mullet. <laughs> Can you imagine it? be so good oh that'd be classic we need to make Matty reach out to Rogaine yeah we have to get Toby on that program <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad oh man I can say that because I'm his coach yeah uh, coaches get away with everything yeah we can how was uh, the Townley thing it was good yeah I haven't had much to do with Townley before um, like even personally oh I've raced him like that's but how, you haven't like hung out with him much nah nah so um, Townley's yeah he's a top dude like he's he's one of the naturally coolest people yeah. I've ever met but like from a racing point of view like side he's super focused yeah you know and, and a lot of that era like Billy McKenzie Billy's so focused like at the racetrack you know I'm a competitor same with Ben um, whereas I don't know and that's my personality if you're a huge sponsor or you're not, if you're just some kid's dad, I treat you all the same. Like, I'll be there chatting to some dude that he's a Tyler or something, like, you know, because yeah. I, I just, like, think everyone's rad. Yeah. And I don't lick anyone's bum. So if, if this dude's got heaps of cash, I don't care. Like, that's just how I am. So from from that side of it, yeah, I think... Whereas Townley's in the zone all yeah. the time. Like, he's blocking out every distraction. But yeah. like you said, it's sort of that generation in a way. For me, like, if I'm walking the start line and I'm, like, visualising the start and doing all this and focus and I can't talk to you and I go, crap, man. Yeah. I'm the best when I'm just like, hey, dude, what's happening? Like, you know, just really relaxed, empty-headed. Yeah. Like, that's my biggest thing is just being blank. So yeah. I'm just cruising up the start line. When I sit on that start line, as soon as I look at that gate, my head, that's all I'm focused on. That's all it takes to get you in the zone kind of thing. Yeah, but it's, I work a lot on having a, a blank mind because that's when you perform the best. Like not going up there and having a voice in your head going, come on, come on, come on, come on, or whatever. It's just distraction for me. Yeah, and everyone's Whereas, got their own yeah, their own take on it, eh? People listen to music, all that yeah. sort of stuff. But um, so Billy- yeah because <laughs> that's got help we won't go into that <laughs> that's, got, that's got help eh? I've heard oh man uh, one of the Americans in Supercross this year he'd just scream yeah it's so Five second, on, eh? like 30 second board goes up and he's just yelling like top note and do you I'm remember how psycho Ken just used going, to go what is this dude doing like maybe you should just focus bro yeah just <laughs> chill man did you you remember how ken used to go like crazy when he was in the lights class yeah he'd like punch the air and punch himself oh. and shit 
Oh, well, he, he's won a lot. Yeah, he can do what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, so, yeah, back to Townley. We, yeah, we, so yeah. Townley, as a racer, like, I've raced him and he was just super focused. Didn't... Like, I like to chat to everyone and, um, you know, understandably, he didn't give too much and I was opposition kind of thing. I was... Man, when it came in 2012, I was nowhere near him. Yeah. Josh Coppins and I are battling for second. Uh, I got second to last moto and I think Townley beat us by, like, 30, 40 seconds. I was... I thought I won the race. Yeah. <laughs> it was just retarded, to tell you the truth. That's He was so fast, man. When he was... And then Chad gave him the ride to go to the States. Yeah, and he crashed And then he hurt Kuna. himself. Yeah. Like, Gutted. But at the end of the day, the dude retires for, what, two years or so? And just... I don't know, he's programming in a New Zealand, but I imagine he just rode every now and again. And, and then he come and did the GP. And then... So I was over in Europe. He did the... Um, Glenn Helen GP to lead into it so yeah for sure he would have been training and stuff but he'd had a fair bit off um, and he just slots straight back in yeah and he just I, don't, I can't remember what he did at Glen Helen but then the the next race at Urn A he whole shots the thing and leads and I think it's second or third like yeah, he's a freak yeah he, he's just unbel- he's just gnarly on a bike so this was the first time I've actually spent with Ben yeah. like away from things with, and with Ben with Bin. Yeah, Bin. <laughs> oh, good Bin. Oh, sick. <laughs> nah, he's such a good dude, eh? Yeah, so it's good. Um, yeah, he helped me out a bunch. Like, I've never had a anyone even help me with riding before. Like, it, yeah, sometimes I'm like... Mate, you owe your whole career to Greg Moss. Like, what are you yeah, talking about? that's right. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't shit on people, I won't bro. throw you under the bus. No, it was just funny back in the day. You used to hear all that stuff. But yeah, like, Dad... Sometimes it's like, man, dad, like, like, what do you, how do I look? Oh, good, mate. Yeah, no, you're oh, riding right, eh? Oh, I was just overchanging this bloke's tyre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, what do you reckon? Oh, you're doing good, mate. Just keep like, it up, mate. You're right. Yeah, like, yeah, but like leg up or just something. Give us some feedback, man. But it's hard when you're like, but you, you're trying to compete at the highest level. You know what I mean? So it's like, unless you've kind of got that experience. Yeah that it is pretty hard to like see those nuances yeah. that it takes like, to go faster dad dad's so good with me being po- like he doesn't i'm already hard enough on myself so i don't need someone coming down on me so he, he yeah. lifts me back up so i guess he's a mental coach for me and probably the best mental coach you'll find but from ben's well, side like we went there and he's straight away go out we're doing a warm-up and he we come in and he's like oh dude like i feel like you're sealing you're at your ceiling height like for your style yeah you might get a little bit quicker here and there but it's going to take a lot you know it'll take a long time need to do this and that hips back like just a few bits and pieces and um went out there and i was like dude this i'm riding at like 60 percent and i'm i feel like i'm on par where i was just hanging it out so because you've always had that super upright style and i think that come from like because you're just super strong like you're yeah you thick upper body like you you've got a different build to a lot of motocross riders yeah so i think naturally like when you can just lock in there and the bike moves under you yeah i think you like naturally that's a pretty easy way yeah. for you to ride because you're like oh well just yeah like manhandle the thing yeah, so it's ben's like, like a lot of a lot of the things he's like dude relax through your shoulders just like 
And I'm just going, oh, dude, I'm going to destroy that corner. Yeah. <laughs> I just get excited and want to blow everything out. And yeah, we, we and saw it. on Jats's uh, <laughs> Instagram. So, so I knew about the whole blowing stuff Hang out. Hang on, what did you see on Jats's? You didn't see nothing, mate. I saw. I didn't blow a corner out the whole five days. I know what you Maybe would have been doing, mate. There could have been one or so, but I was riding at like 60% upper gear. <sighs> Just going around the corners, like there was one where you st- there was a rut coming in and you stood up, yeah. Like that looked pretty sick. And like because Ben's there, he named me back in the day the BBB Big Burn Blower. Yeah. So like straight up, I was like, well, we're going to do a thing with Ben. I'm not, I'm going to try not to blow any corners out. So I was, I was just cruising around. So we're doing this. Um, did Did he tell you where that all came from? What the whole corner blowing corners out? Yeah, he said Ricky's is gnarly. Dude, so we went to... I'd heard that from Ben. He was saying that when Coop went over yeah. and he was training at Ricky's, Coop was just like, what, what? Yeah. And there was just shit going over and Ricky just walked out, just psyching out, like, get off the track. <laughs> like, just losing his shit. And, um, what do you mean, bro? Yeah, he's like, oh, what? <laughs> and then so, uh, yeah, I th- Townley was telling me about that and then Coop was telling me about it. But then we went there to shoot the, an old... Suzuki commercial and we had Les Smith you remember him nah and I like American he rode for Gibbs back in the day and um he was the test rider because him and Ricky are like good mates yeah and um and Ricky's just standing like fully eyeing him off eh? <laughs> and then I was like what are you doing man he's like dude if he blows out one turn I'm calling this shoot off like he's like <laughs> full on pedantic You're about kidding. it and he was just like standing there and he's like be smooth bro be smooth <laughs> just roll it on yeah just roll it on cause I said to Ben I was like are you kidding me like when I that is a the lore, Ricky man. I know I'm like I watch him and he's He's hardly got his feet on the pegs. We're just a throttle on man. He'll be side saddling, just riding that thing. Like he's just crazy. I've seen him go through that many sets of whoops, like flashbacks, just of him feet off next to the bike, or and just rides in the tough blocks. Like, and I'm thinking, I thought him out of anyone would have would just be been going in, just hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Ben reckons he just comes in hard, goes out hard. Yeah. Like doesn't sort of blow it out. There's no real fun in that, really. <laughs> Let's be honest. But anyway, we, um, yeah, so Jats and I had this thing and it was, it was quite funny because um, there was... I feel like Pete was probably pretty hard on Jats blowing stuff out too because of all the track work that nah. he did back in the day, you know, reckon? I reckon it's a cans thing. You put me on a track, I just blow everything out. Weaver, Weaver does. doesn't do it. <laughs> like, because we're from pretty loamy stuff, we just yeah. used to lean in and... And just shift and dirt, yeah. really. Wade does it. Like, yeah, it's all the boys from up home. The Cairns crew. Yeah. What do you... We didn't talk about that on the the first time we did this. Why do you think that little error from Cairns was so good? Because um, he had you, Wade, Weaver's probably one of the more underrated dudes. Like, he could have rode, yeah. like, nationals. Like, his style probably held him back a little bit. But, like, when you were on 80s and stuff, how fast was he? Yeah. We had Chris Nash. Yeah. Like, Harley Pizzuti. Yeah. And then, so, obviously, you, Jats, and Wade are, like, the big ones. That, and then we got Caleb Ward. Yeah, Caleb and Mitch. Yeah, Mitch, Richie. Yeah. Like, what? That is such well, a junior, crazy little era, you know? I don't know. There's no one above me, like... No, nah, not really, of, eh? It was like, like David Forster, but he wasn't. And yeah, but like Chester's, but winning, no one really went to nationals. Yeah, no one winning Aussie titles or 
even Queensland's or anything. So um, just the one the Queensland's might be easy. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I went down. I went down to the Adelaide Junior Aussies and just I don't know I won for some reason. God knows why, but because you were the fastest, probably. Yeah, but. but it happened, and like I qualified something like fifth or something, you know, and it just happened, and. That kind of kickstarted everything. We went down with Jats. Jats was on a 50. I was on a 60. Yeah. Um, I think Jats won the 50 as well. Yeah, probably. I can't really remember. It's a long time ago. But anyway. You didn't even know That kind of opened my eyes up. And then we started, you know, I was training harder. Then I went to and I won the next Aussie title. And we travelled with Jats again. And then Jats... So Pete bought the place, uh, that farm out at um, Thompson Road. Yeah. Built a track under lights and everything. So then we all started going there. Um, I think I turned factory on the junior program, KDM then. Yeah, that was when you were on the 125, wasn't it? No, on the 80. Oh, were you factory on the 80 80 as well? 80, 125, yeah. And I feel feel like that was kind of the point where, you know, I changed... I knew I needed to win the next year. I just felt that pressure like, man, I won. I need to win again. And so I'm training hard. And then the younger kids, Jats, Wade, you know, Mitch, all these guys are like, man, we want to be on the factory team. Like Todd, like it's only, it's a junior program. You're almost like the rabbit that everyone could chase. And everyone knew that if you were as fast or if you were near Todd, then you probably had a good shot. We're so far away from everything that I was just fanging around going, oh man, I want to win Mariba Club Days. Yeah. You know, or the FNQ, you know, and then you'd say Queensland titles and I'd go, oh, imagine that. Like, yeah. you know, and that's what I say. It just happened. And there was good competition. Like there was people for you to race. Like yeah. Pizzuti, he was far, as loose yeah. as he was, like he was hard to pass. Yeah. And he got every hole shot. Yeah, yeah. So like you were racing a dude pretty like, there there honestly wouldn't have been that many times you would have hole shot a no, no. Harley like he no, was no, but I'm not a whole shot dude like that's yeah. me through my whole career but in terms of you as a junior developing like you, yeah. you were always faster than him but you've got yeah. a dude who's pretty fast super loose and always whole shotted yeah and then you've got Weaver that was he fast. always whole shotted yeah and then you got Nashi always having to pass everyone so it was good um, but there was just but, yeah it was such a crazy little group of yeah but we guys. all trained together like I I was training yeah all the time I was training, young Mitchie Evans is on a 50, you know? Yeah. So straight away, that's what I say to these kids. Like when we do, when we're going riding and they're riding around with us, I'm like, dude, you're so lucky. Yeah. Like, you know, like we're on teams. Like I, I ride with Kurt Gibbs and him and I are two factory riders and these young punks are riding with us. And I'm like, man, what I would have given to have that when I was your age. Yeah. You know, I was just watching things on TV and I didn't see my first pro till I raced him when I was 16. Never even seen him in real life before. So that's how sheltered we are all the way up there. And I believe that sort of just going through it gave the kids maybe a bit of motivation to be like, geez, it's possible. Like, yeah. man, Todd lives up in the hills. Like there ain't even phone reception up there. Like he's a full hick and he can go out there and, you know, it sort of made it, realistic seem like attainable yeah whereas like for me it was like you know oh to win the Australian title that's like win the world championship in Europe first you're like how am yeah. I even going to get there like, plus like it was sick too because I mean me and Maddie were in that crew that rode yeah. Thompson Road every Tuesday and Thursday and like 
all of our dads got on. You had like Cliffy yeah. had come out and then you had Steve and Pete and um, you had Gav like that. It was like a crew Then all of our mums had come down. Everyone yeah. would bring food down. Yeah, so it was mad. like, it was a full on, I don't know, it was like this, this little click, eh? That yeah. just, and it's crazy even like seeing what Maddie's doing now and then what yeah. I've been able to do. Like everyone kind of from that, crew went on yeah. to sort of do something like it's always been a bit of a trip that to me that that you know wade like wade's one of the most naturally gifted yeah writers like you see that dude do like fakies and shit yeah. down there. like you know what i mean he's just one of the and he's like one of the coolest dudes yeah. going too but it's like everyone in that that group did something pretty rad yeah so it was like yeah, yeah it's like definitely you, a talented i guess we're just pushing each other yeah i remember riding with wade we're just going over doing heel clickers and double footed cans and just we'd goof around until our bikes run out of fuel yeah and then like up and one day it'd be just one, pushing each other I remember one day Pete cut in like a speedway track yeah and then we're all on like the jail we're just yeah. everyone's just like doing that sort of shit and then it's like yeah. oh we're doing wheelies today like everyone do wheelies or you'd make like a track in the cane it was just yeah yeah we, uh, yeah, we didn't talk about it the first time it was such a cool little yeah, we just had such a cool crew yeah. and everyone went on to do something. Yeah. The upbringing was great. Like it wasn't, like I kind of touched on before, I didn't have my dad down my throat or anything. Like he was just too busy like chatting or watering the track or doing whatever. Um, so yeah, it'd be, we'd be over there fanging around and then I'd be like, pull up and be like, wait man, how sick's that corner? So we'd just be hitting that corner. Like hundreds of times just because we thought it was sick like, yeah and there was no like know, coaching regime i'm like 14 it. or 15 just going man this is let's try and scrape our bars like and we'd just be hitting this corner and and you look at it now and you're like well that's a that's a drill like that's something that i do now as a professional to try and build my speed and we just all this stuff we just stumbled across then on the way back we'd be trying to scrape our back mud guards like yeah. just wheeling we'd be over wheeling nose wheeling and we just time on the bike that's what it is yeah there was a lot of riding because like yeah. even me and maddie started riding so late and maddie got good so quick yeah from like a 14 year old yeah and then when he was like senior he was shredding just because i think we just had yeah. you know your bike could have like 50 60 hours on it yeah you know and we yeah you just ride tuesday thursday saturday yeah. sunday yeah no it was good it was definitely a good upbringing and um we had the other side of it like pretty chilled laid back lifestyle of going fishing a lot and yeah uh going in the gorges making rope swings and all that kind of stuff so that yeah, was, it was like yeah, a, it was a healthy mix yeah all right well i think we'll probably cut into the next podcast I yeah think we covered a lot of cool shit in yeah, this little right. extra bit and then yeah screen will go blank and then you'll see me and todd. todd's wearing the same thing but <laughs> so todd will, todd will be back in a minute <laughs> see you guys see you more <laughs> i got super like I don't know. I mean, I was always frustrated by like motorcycling Australia, motorcycling Queensland. Like you can't have a double. You yeah. can't have this. You can't have that. It's like, all right, let's think about it. America has possibly the worst healthcare system on planet Earth. So <laughs> yeah. if you're thinking about insurance and America can get away with having LaRocco's leap and like oh, I've, been to, I've been to tracks in the States that are just like the gnarliest doubles you've ever seen and kids on 60s are hitting them. Yeah. So it's like if Motorcycling Australia, Motorcycling Queensland wants to sit here and tell me, no, we can't have a double, you can't have a whoop section. But like why do our dudes never win? yeah it's like bro that's why like because you're the top level dude in australian motocross and you're going to europe and going fuck 
Dude. That's why, like, that's why I like, it just always frustrated me as to like, how are we supposed to progress as athletes or progress our sport forward when it's like you're wrapping up people in cotton wool? Like, yeah. there hasn't been a Chad Reed since Chad Reed. Why is that? Yeah. Well, Chad Reed left got, when he was young. You exactly. Know, and that's the reason I think that Hunter is going to do the best out. And, and Jet, yeah. they're going to do the best out of all of us. Yeah. Because they went and they got out of here with time to still develop a style. And mm. like I, I've said, well, I've been pretty hard on like Aussie dudes, I guess just because I've like seen the other side of it. Yeah, you're always on my case. I'm on your case all the time, mate. Yeah. You dog shit. <laughs> 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 no, but like there's a style of riding that everyone in the States has. Yeah. In a, in a, like, that's a broad term, but there's a, a different level of aggression. There's a different level of intensity. And like... I don't think that's the rider here's fault of like not trying. I just don't think there's much here that gives you the chance to develop those kind of skills, develop that yeah. kind of intensity. You know what I mean? It's like the racing form. You were doing three 10 minute motos as like a 450 pro open class of Australian motocross. Like, yeah. sick dog. Like, yep, that's going to really prep our guys for the yeah. best. Or, nah, we should probably grade this section of track in between everything or even at the like a 50 level like let's not let yeah. let you're not allowed to do a jump it's like man that's the reason that you can go over there as one of the best australian guys in modern times in the domestic series on a 450 yeah and see tony crowley and shit yourself yeah like you didn't get any help yeah in no, terms of being groomed you know what i mean oh it's it's massive like exactly like you just said like the jumps there wasn't one track i went to in europe for the world championship where I wasn't packing it, man. Like, the jumps are so big. And I'm not just talking, oh, yeah, there's a big jump, just hit a pin. Like, you go and triple, like, twitch and tail. You go triple up on top, and then you turn, then it's, like, massive double down the hill, and you think, I can't even see a down ramp, man. Like, and it's a 20, 30-odd meter double down the hill, and it's uh, rutted like hell. Thinking, man, how, like, how am I meant to race? Because I'm thinking about this stupid jump every lap you know whereas those dudes have done it since they're on 60s and 80s they don't even care so they just like whatever like but and that's what's kind of cool that's where i'm kind of surprised at how high our level is actually because yeah you know i was uh like i got ninth in the world championship yeah we got podiums some we got three or four top fives um dean ferris was there with me he got a bunch of top fives you know there's good riders good level of riders Kurt Gibson Gibbs over this over. year. He was killing it. So like, and then we're riding around here jumping like 10, 15 meter tabletops. Like you like, could jump it on an e-bike. Yeah. Like the like, biggest jump in Australia. We can't even get our fourth gear, man. And then we can go over there and yeah, we're not setting the world on fire as in winning races, but you know, we can stick it to them, which is, uh, I don't know how that works, but I guess it comes back to... I think that's more of like a that Aussie underdog spirit yeah. that we've always had. Because you know what like is interesting to me, right? And this is a really good example. If like, So if Motorcycling Australia or Kevin Williams would ever care to listen to this and actually not just take offense and get the shits and be defensive about it, the, the perfect example is surfing. Yeah. Australia and Hawaii. Why do we produce the most world champions than any other countries in the world because we have sick waves yeah we're at burley today surfing together and there's kids on waves that like scare me 
and they are shredding. Yeah. So it's like those kids are given an opportunity. They're not like the Burley Board Riders isn't going, nah, man, it's three foot, <laughs> like insurance, I don't know if liability, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's like- One foot waves, guys, that's it. Exactly. Yeah. No, don't do airs. Yeah. Don't do airs on waves because you could get hurt. Like there's risk in everything. Yeah. And I think that if you want to look at why we can produce so many great surfers, like world champions, world champion after world champion after world champion. It's because they're given a chance. Yeah. They're given like, well, I guess they're not given the waves, but the waves are there. The world-class waves are there. I think that if you looked for a world-class track in Australia, what would you say? Would you say, I'd say Gum Valley. Yeah, that is epic. That's a world, I, yeah. I would say that's a world-class facility. Yeah. Like you could have an AMA national there. You could have a motocross of nations there. Yeah. Like Wanneroo maybe. But yeah. it's Manjima is, yep. I'd say, like a world-class facility. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any that you would add to the list as like that you could see, say, if it was in Belgium, it would slide into the world championship? Yeah, like you said, Gum Valley. That's, and we've only been there twice in yeah. my whole racing career. And um, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think there's some political things there mm, that stopped always. The MX Nationals from going back there, and I yeah. don't know exactly what they were, but I'm pretty sure there was some issues. Yeah. So there's like we're struggling to name world class facilities in Australia. Yeah. Even like our last round at Coolum, you know, I love that track. That's that a pretty epic. awesome facility. But at the end of the day, it's a flat paddock with small jumps on it. Yeah. You know, like that's just a fact. Like when I went over in 2012 and raced the MX Nations at Lommel, man, they had this triple out there and no joke it must have been like 35 meters in the deepest sand you've ever seen with like, ruts all up the face so like, rough and i just remember holding my breath every single lap i tried to jump at every single lap and that was just the scariest time of my life you know and that's what we need we need to be able to push you know we need to have like coolum nationals and they change the track like yeah, that's what I, I agree with that at lomalay they have quads and they have all these mad big jumps that the very few guys can do like Sean Simpson he just turns into a demon when the Lommel GP comes around and just launches into the whoops and does some pretty cool stuff you know and that's where the Australian riders we don't have the opportunity to do that stuff because what we practice which the 65s practice is what we race so yeah it's the same you're riding the same tracks as the 65 yeah so it would yeah I think that would be a, a massive help to to our riders that's if we care yeah like do people yeah you know what i mean do the people at the top really care about fostering the sport and the, like i always said too when i went to the mx nationals like what's the incentive to go like let's use coolum right yeah the track stays the same for a club day how many people do you get that go to a club day spectating it's kind of yeah. just the people that race right Yeah, exactly family yeah so when you've got the motocross nationals the final round we're going to crown the best dirt bike rider in australia at these grounds saturday and sunday get it up yeah what's the if the track's the exact same as a club day people didn't go to the club day yeah so you're telling me that you want to race on the exact same track yeah but you expect people to go and then that has the biggest trickle down effect like why can they make these epic supercross tracks inside of baseball stadiums yeah because people go to watch them if people didn't go to watch they wouldn't be able to do it yeah so it's like this whole i think that's where like that's where it has to start if you want to go and like 
it you just said like i'm gonna go race america that's where i want to go like yeah. there's nothing keeping you here man yeah it's kind of sad yeah oh it definitely is but i think that there would still be even though in fairness though even though even if the tracks here was sick and the whole thing was like rad you'd still have a dream of going to america so yeah. in fairness i guess we have to say that yeah yeah that's how it is that's just a fact but you know this year i just it just i just want to go and ride my bike and have fun at the end of the day that's all i want to do and you know like i said things here are great and but in the day when i go to the national and and we're getting yelled at for this and yelled at for that and and i chuck my mechanic on the back and go to ride up the start gate and all of a sudden this new rules come in that no we can't double our mechanics now so i nearly get clothesline you know things like this are just it just builds up it builds up and builds up and i'm just like man i'm just gonna step away for a bit i'm gonna go have some fun i'm gonna you know i want to go race in the states that's what i want to do and i want to get some people together people that i want to work with you mm. know that's been the biggest thing i just want to work with good people uh that's that's what i'm after you know i'm i'm creating getting the sponsors who i want to work with and uh you know people who want to be a part of my team and we're going to go over there and and race the outdoor championship championship's big you know it's it's on tv there's no aussies over there at the moment obviously there's chad uh but in the outdoor championship i'm not sure if chad's going to race it or not but apart from him there's no one else there so you know it's a good opportunity for us to go over there and and someone to you know everyone can be like man where's toddy like it's uh i think it's a cool thing yeah so what are the sponsors that you have got um kind of sorted like obviously you're gonna be riding hondas like who else have you kind of started getting together to to do this yeah so we've obviously we've got honda um so that's uh that's was that a preference cool. of bike for you like did you sort of could you have done anything or that was like the one thing that you did want to go after well i just felt as if you know last year i, I come through a lot of injury and um yeah we had a bit of a bummer of a year uh through my own fault so that was uh you know we sort of we had a bike we had parts we had everything there i, I didn't want to go jumping and changing everything about so I just wanted to just stick with the Honda. Um, you know, I love the bike. It's a new bike and now it's its second year. You know, you always struggle with a new bike adapting and working it out. So I feel as if around the world, they're starting to work the new Honda out. So we've got more information, which is exciting. So I think we've got a pretty good base from that that side of it. Um, I'm pretty excited. You know, we're, we're just making a bit of a team. So we're coming back here to race for Honda for Supercross. So I'll be joining Reef Konsky um, alongside Justin Brayton and Brett Metcalf. So us three will do the Supercross. Um, so that's going to be exciting as well. So we'll do the AMA Outdoor Championship and then we'll stay over there and ride some Supercross tracks because that's what we struggle with. Man, yeah, I ride just tracks through the week. I ride one Supercross track. You know, Supercross, once you know it, you've nailed it. You know, yes, you can get quicker at it and so on, but for me who's been out of supercross for a while while i was in europe mm. i need that challenging fact of new sections and nailing things straight away mm. so that's cool but getting back to the sponsors um you know barry swede have been a long time sponsor of mine yeah uh it's a like a long time supporter of just motocross in australia too which yeah. is i think people should really appreciate the people that do come in and, and actually spend a while sticking around in, yeah. in the sport because it doesn't happen a lot and that's what I talk about. Like, I want to be with the, the good people that, that I want to work with. And, 
you know, Aunt Leanne, they're over in Perth. They're a lovely down-to-earth family and they're, they're the sorts of people I want to work with. Um, I kind of get over, you know, the rock star kind of brands that you work with and, and they're almost better than the rider and, and I've got zero ego at all. So I don't really want to work with someone with ego because uh, it just doesn't work. Hard to hang around in this group with an ego. <laughs> yeah, you get shot you get down torched. real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just ask Toby. Yeah. Poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ugly bastard. <laughs> no, we love Toby. Wait, can he hear us on this thing? No, he will. He'll watch for sure, just so he's got something to come at me with. There's no Tinder on here, bro. Nah, no Tinder on this podcast, mate. Yeah. We're a Tinder-free zone. Yeah. No, that that like um, that whole thing with Barry Sweet, it's so good to see him in the sport still because like, like Kevy Cooler yep. is gone. Yeah. Like... If anyone knows that guy, guy was a fucking legend. Yeah. He's a really good guy. Yeah. And he was had a semi and he was doing the whole thing and then poof, Yeah. JDR dudes. I I know yeah. more about those guys' situation than maybe anybody will. Yeah. And they're fucking good people. Yeah. And I'll I don't care what anyone says. And they're good people that left the sport. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for, yeah, I like the way that you said that you want to just be around those good people because i think that in motocross i mean it's probably just the same everywhere like nice guys finish last yeah you know if you can be a you can be the best dude doesn't mean you're gonna stick around we know people in this industry who are dickheads yeah (laughs) that are just there every single year and you're like how are you still like how do people still give you how many people can you burn i know and still have a job yeah so it's like i don't know that's why so it's cool that you said that you want to pick those good people yeah and like of my other long-term sponsor jeff and jenny olam from cairns so they they used to own um cairns coconut resort and they're amazing people you know they're uh they come over and watched uh my gp in mexico and glenn helen usa yeah. and it was epic we spent the week with them and like that's that's what i enjoy you know just good family people around um you know fortunate enough that uh we're able to align to help me out with my racing and and uh you know there's no better feeling than knowing that the person who you're representing um they've actually they've got a face to it and you know who they are yeah you know it's it's you're not more just personal, a number to yeah. them yeah yeah like it, it's good it, it makes you feel good putting their their name and representing their company mm. uh, because yeah you don't see it as their company you see it as them you yeah. know like i'm representing Jeff and Jenny from Cairns and and Leanne and um, Ant from WA, you know, so it's uh, that's super cool. Um, do you have any tracks in particular that you're looking forward to racing? All of them, man. Yeah, they're all that's what's sick. cool. Like uh, that was a good thing about the World Championship. I they were all new tracks to me. Like even race, I lived at Lommel, like at the back fence, so I heard the bikes go around I when I was that. on my days off. Yeah, so I lived uh, with. Do you know um, what? How much your lap time improved from the day you got there to like the day you left? No, nah, but Harry Everts would. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, the day I met Harry Everts, he he comes walking over and he's got like a stopwatch there. And he goes, "Hey, not so bad, not so bad." And off he walks, and I'm like, "Oh, I wonder what he's talking about." We don't do lap times here, man. I just have a stopwatch on my bar pad that says thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm gonna do forty minute moto now. Let's go. You know, like we don't have practice mechanics i'm changing tires doing all this stuff and then we go over there and they're like i've gone out and done one 20 minute session i don't even know where the track goes man mm, not so bad 
not so bad. You know your time, not so bad. I'm like, what time? <laughs> what do you mean? I like, didn't do a time. Yeah, just tell me, like, do these ones when I'm, like, hitting 40 minutes so I don't run out of fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty cool. He he wears stopwatches out and he's known for that. Yeah. Such, an, such a good dude. And, uh, but, yeah, I don't know where that story is going. No, well, how much did you improve, you reckon? Was it, like, oh. what do you reckon, you're five, six, seven seconds faster? Like, oh, is it, I don't know. Is that, you know totally what I mean? Like, yeah. But you could, could you tell a difference? Oh, like yeah. Like a massive difference? Huge, huge difference. So when I first went over there, I was, I was just, everyone was, I felt like everybody was watching. Like, yeah. So I was just going crazy, crash, pick it up. It was like, <laughs> we were just there on a Wednesday and I just felt it was like the GP. Because yeah. crew were turning up, factory Yamaha, factory Honda, all these people. And you probably didn't even know half of them. Nah. No, they come in, they're like, oh, you know, you're on par with Bobrushev and I'm like oh is he good <laughs> like <laughs> you know me I'm from the hills yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I only just Appleton. got a I just got an iPhone just got a commodity <laughs> and uh yeah so was, that was cool as well I didn't know who I was I knew Crowley and Hurlings zero people after that yeah right. I was just out there just going hard as hard as I could if someone passed me I'd go up the inside because they weren't mates. I don't know no one. Yeah, so you're just going fucking yeah. yellow. It was sick. So that was cool. I'm looking forward to that in America as well. Except, obviously, the reason why is because we don't follow the GPs. Like yeah. Australia, before I went over, we follow... I knew everyone in the, in America. We follow all the races. Mm. You know, when I jump on the spin bike, I'm watching the outdoors. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch... I didn't watch anything in Europe. And I knew Crowley because he's in every magazine. Yeah and hurlings obviously yeah he's just yeah you get those phenom dudes but i think that's what it takes like because people started watching i think people started watching the gps more because of um like tim geyser when he started because yeah you need that kind of um sportsman kind of thing to get people fired up about sports and that's like that's why the biggest race in australia in recent memory was when uh, Reed come over and race Dan at Raymond Terrace in like yeah. 2007 because all of a sudden like it gave people a reason to be interested yeah so it's like I think that's sort of happened with the GPs with Geyser and then when Hurlings went up to the 450s but like now I couldn't tell you who's in the 250 class but now Hunter's in there so yeah. that you know what I mean so I guess it's just like relative to what people mm. like who's actually kind of in there yeah but um yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to get over there and, and just yeah, see some of the tracks cuz like man, yeah. the tracks are just bullshit, eh? Yeah. Like the just the the atmosphere of them, the the speed you'll be able to go. Like the day I got to America and like went to my first national, I was like, "Fuck, where has Ford Dale been?" Yeah. Like, he should have just been there like, you know, yeah. those just pinners that just hold it on. Yeah. Like that's American motocross, yeah. man. Like fourth, fifth, third, fourth, fifth, third, fourth, yeah. like just hold it on yeah so it's like uh, yeah i'm keen as for you to get over there and just see yeah. some of that shit eh? oh and the cool thing the thing i like is the team's turning up and we're australian we're underdogs like i love that i love nothing more than everyone turning up with all their flash campers and all this stuff and there's so much drive and satisfaction when you're when you're getting results yeah. you know to just stick it to these dudes and and we'll probably be in a wicked van <laughs> <laughs> following each other with a few swags so uh yeah that that's going to be exciting did you was caleb over there uh in europe when you were there no i was bummed for him man i said like 
as soon as you sign in Europe on a team where you go like, who's that? Yeah. You can't do it. So it, like you you were lucky with Husky because it oh, was yeah. Kimi Raikkonen's team. Like yeah. Kimi, factory Husky support. So it's like, yeah, you're safe. Yeah. When Caleb went over on like, who knows what Husvana, I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. Same with when Harry went over on Bud Cowie. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't, you know, and he didn't work out well for him. Yeah. So like, it's a, it's a bummer when you get guys that have the potential. Cause I look at Caleb as a guy that could. Yeah. I think he's got an amazing style, especially the way that he rides sand. Yeah. But like, you know, it's so hard to go over there with all the barriers that you face and then not have the team behind you. Cause like when you're over there, your team's your family. Yeah. You know, and if you can't, if it's not legit, then... Well, I struggled, you know, I struggled with bits and pieces. But at the end of the day, I was 21 years old. I'd already, I'd moved from the top of Australia. So I'd moved down 20 odd hours drive from my parents' place. I then went on to buying a place. So I had a mortgage, you know, I I made a life for myself down here. I knew that, you know, when you go riding, you put your gear in the washing machine and wash it and then go cook dinner. Well, yeah. like, you know, as stupid as it sounds, you yeah, got to go shopping. You're you're, an yeah, like yeah. there's all this stuff behind the scenes. Whereas these guys are going over. Yeah, they're super fast guys, but they're kids. Like they're living at home with mum and dad. And that's a massive shock to the system. It was a massive shock to me, but I didn't have to deal with all that stuff. I knew that I had to get a visa and the work that went into it all. Um, but as a kid, that's tough. And that's where Hunter, his whole family have gone yeah, over. Yeah, his whole family's there. That that program is faultless. Like it's, uh, And as you can see, he's getting results. He's yeah. so young. And that's what it takes. Like I got amazed. When I was 15, you know, I was winning Australian titles and I just wanted to get in with the seniors. But no, you're 15 years old. You can't go pro till you're 16. And then when I went pro, they put me in an intermediate class that Dean Ferris and I are racing against each other. Yeah, that's right, eh? Like we couldn't even ride with the pros. So we're 16, almost 17. We're still just racing each other like we're juniors. And then I go over there. Hunter's 15, Roxon's 15, and they're oh. like battling for the world championship. Yeah. I'm sit in Italy at the Nations. I'm sitting on the start line and there's a 15-year-old kid next to me on factory KDM. And I'm just thinking, dude, when I was 15, I was just down the creek fishing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, we we don't have that opportunity. That's that's what's going to be super exciting to see where hunter takes it because none of us had that and chad was the same chad mcfarlane they yeah. were 16 17 and they just left yeah and they did their thing and they met and they had success because they were allowed to go and they sort of didn't know anything else and i feel like too there's a thing like you'd, you'd probably know this better than me but it's like a bit of a theory that i've got when so like you can you, you can apply this in a couple of ways and I, I, I don't even know if I've said it that much. Like, so Billy McKenzie comes over here, right? Torches everybody. Like, oh, yeah, lap yeah. times were just like, my mate Billy. Be careful there. Well, he did, didn't nah. he, lap time-wise? Oh, yeah, he's quick. Yeah, so lap, when he first got here, those first few rounds, yeah. people were like... I was battling with him, bro. I, was, I won the second motor. Yeah, but like, Jeez. I'm just talking purely lap Short times. Memory, eh? I'm talking purely <laughs> lap times. <laughs> He was fucking like three... The qualifying Dude. times were like three seconds faster, yeah, right? Yeah, but you got to make the 30 minutes, eh? I know, put I, the know work I know, in. but I'm just... <laughs> I'm purely talking speed, right? Yeah. So he comes over here and everyone's like, whee! Yeah. No, Billy, he's Jesus, he's fast. Like looking at, you know, the qualifying times and you couldn't match it. Yeah. Yeah, you could beat him. 
Yeah. But then you look at Cooper, uh, Cody. Yeah. Cody goes to the States, Unadilla, almost beats Barber, ruins yeah. a perfect season. Comes back here, he's no different. He's yeah. no faster. So that tells me either the tracks here don't let you go fast to, to for there to be a difference. I'd say the same thing with Medi. You go, like I was at the World Vets when Medi won 30 plus like two months ago. Yep. It was out of control how fast he was going. Yeah. Like there was really legit dudes there that were just like, all right, see ya. Yeah. Like both motos gone. Yep. And then he gets here, he was top five. Yeah. So, and then, you know, like you go over there to do that and like, or, you know, Gibbsy or whatever. And then Gibbsy's in that sort of, he's not going over there dominating that way. So there's like either something that goes on where you get stuck in the speed that everyone else is going yep. and that either pulls you back or pushes you forward. So like when you go to Europe, it pushes you forward. When you come back here, it pulls you back or it's sort of, it's like there's a way for the pack to level out. Mm. So yeah, that was, I forgot where I was going with it, but that was, a, <laughs> that's like one of the things where I think that, yeah, it's either the tracks or like something over here is unlike Reed with Reardon when Chad came over here they were like super close yeah but like if you took Dan like Dan couldn't last two seasons in America yeah Chad's been there for 10 seasons one's has won two world titles yeah so but then he comes here he races Reardon and it's like yeah Reardon's the shit it's like it doesn't turn out to be the case yeah so like I wonder why that is is it the tracks is it like the events is it what is it but there's something here that is that and maybe it's what we said before about not being allowed to do doubles not being like I remember that man you and Dean had to go to the sunny states and race in the fucking intermediate class (laughs) with my brother you know what I mean so it's like yeah what's that all about and then yeah you get Hunter's just bloody how old is Hunter now 18 yeah and he was battling Zach Osborne at Motocross Nations like that was epic man epic unreal that's like one of the that's one of uh, Australian motocross's highlights in the last few years. And I reckon that, yeah, Cody at Unadilla in uh, whatever, 08, when James got the perfect season, he almost beat in the second motor. That's like yeah. one of the like the gnarliest things to happen in like Australian motocross. Because I'd say New Zealand and Australia are pretty close. Yeah. So it's like, we're just, yeah, we're not, we're not grooming you guys for that, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, man, it's a tough one because... You know, Dean and I are racing each other in intermediate. We're 16 years old and then... Lap time is faster than the pros. Yeah. People are coming up to us and they're like, you know, what are your dreams? Do you just want to go to America and this and that? And you think, well, I just want to turn pro, man. Yeah, just, <laughs> well, I, just want to, I just want to race with the big boys. <laughs> like, man, I've nearly got children and I'm still not allowed to race with the big boys. <laughs> Can I like triple that over there or like... That's uh, that's just how it is here, you know. Yeah. It's it's as crazy it is. Um, that's how it is, and that it's kind of yeah, it's disappointing. They're not really grooming us. It's to me, we just need to have like a riders' association or something, and and start changing things. You know, we got to we got to look at the younger generations and be like, man, we want these dudes to be world champions. Yeah, like we want Australia to win MX Nations. And then how? if if that's like just good for the economy of Australian motocross. Yeah. Like superstars, like what Chad did for Australian motocross, like how many yeah. guys that are on the start line now and as a professional motocross rider at the MX Nationals 
would have been influenced by Chad Reed. Yeah. All of them. Everyone. All of them. If we don't have another Chad Reed, like, that's making news on a... Because, like, if you're in motocross and your dad raced motocross, you're in motocross, right? Yeah. But, like, you know the good example of it is Adam Cincerello. His dad did never rode a motorcycle in his life. You know how Adam Cincerello got into motocross? He watched Jeremy McGrath on TV. Yeah. And then he said, Dad, can you please take me to Daytona Supercross? Mm. And he went to Daytona Supercross and then he got a motorcycle. Now he's Adam Cincerello. Let's see. So it's like, there would be guys on the line now. Like, yeah. do you remember who influenced you to race motocross? Well, man, Dad just took me. Yeah, like, okay. I just, we had a five acre block and I just used to ride my little QR50 around the flat and then we just went racing. And that's just, it is stupid how my life went. It just was, I don't know, just crazy. Like we just used to ride our bike. Yeah. Like even as a 15 year old kid, I used to ride the bike once a week, like once or twice a week, you know, like we used to go down to Jackson Richardson's on Thursday. Yeah. You know, like. Good times, Thompson Road. Well, half the time we're just driving the bomber cars around. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember when we both hit that irrigation pipe and <laughs> <laughs> both cartwheeled? Oh, well, Todd and uh, I, Todd and I, we just had. And who told us that the? So we like we used to go to Jats's for just the people that are listening that don't know. We used to go to Jats's property in Cairns and Thompson Road, and that Jats had like a really cool track set up, and we had lights because it was too hot to ride in cans in summer during the day you just couldn't do it so then we'd go to jatz's property on thursdays in the afternoon we'd ride like the flat track until it went dark and then we'd have dinner and then we'd go onto the flat track and just keep riding yeah. so like one one night pete or sue or someone brings some pizzas tells me and todd that they're cherry tomatoes but they're black jalapeno, uh, red <laughs> jalapenos so that was our first one that went awry and then second of all i think my dad was doing irrigation and there was like this black irrigation pipe and then like last minute don't run over the pipe and then we both cartwheeled on the pipe <laughs> good times at thompson road oh yeah but yeah i mean I, I know what you're saying it's like it wasn't really uh it, there was no homeschooling there was no yeah. and then like, which is good i think that's good yeah oh we had an unreal upbringing and that's probably why i'm still so focused and motivated like frothing, in our sport yeah. like i love riding my bike man you know like i just absolutely love it and that probably goes back to I'm 15 years old, going down, doing like how many laps I feel like. And then we're driving a car around half the time, jumping it over the berms and stuff. 50s were pretty big yeah. at the time. Like we're just doing just whatever. And the dudes that I'm racing, like Crowley and that, they're 15. They're sitting on the start line of the nations, man, yeah. in front of 100,000 people, jumping huge jumps, all this sort of stuff. You know, and then 22 years old, Dean Ferris and I are sitting on the start line. We're we're putting it inside the top five in the world championship. Like, yeah, when you do how's that work, like that? man? Yeah, it's pretty solid. Like, how's that even work? Like, honestly, I just remember a few times just being like, I don't even know where the track goes. I've never been to this track before. You know, you dudes have been riding it for bloody twenty odd years. You know, like Dean and I, I only just remember going around the first corner because we've only done it three times and dean and i going in there because dean ferris have raced dean ferris and i have raced since yeah, we're since kids 14 15 years old and we just race bar to bar so for some weird crazy reason like dean goes over there and he just up and left 
you know, I had the dream of winning the Australian Championship. And Dean went and he was getting, you know, his 12ths and 11ths and stuff in the 450 class. That got him a ride with the Yamaha team, with Dixon. And uh, next to me, stand on the podium. And I was like, no way. You know, like, that's insane. I've got to get myself there. Surely I haven't, he hasn't got that much faster. Or you, know? you can't get that much yeah. faster or if you go try, not, yeah. So I ended up being there and him and I are still same speed, you know. Yeah, you were in this, like, you are always just, battling, eh? It's just retarded. Like, I remember look at time qualifying. Oh, yeah, 12th place. You know, Dean, 13th or 11th. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we'd line up on the start line and... Have and similar day picks and shit. Always there and I'd crash in the first turn, pick it up, he'd be there or I'd pick it up and I'd be coming through the pack and he'd crash and we'd, we'd just battle, man. This race at Lommel, we battled like crazy. I remember just riding into the corner to just nail him and... And you'd get past, and it was just going like that. Him and I nailing each other for like a lap, you know, like him and I, we get into some heated battles and it was just, it was insane. I just can't believe it. I just remember sitting back you and- traveled all the way around the world, oh. the races, dude, that you've raced your entire life. Like Lommel is the deepest sand track. Like we don't have that much sand here, but for some reason, Dean and I can ride sand. Half decent. Yeah. So we're there- come from outside the top 15 to get into 10th and then find Dean and him and I charge I ended up 6th he ended up 7th and we're just passing each other and whoever else come to us and all we want to do is beat each other and we're just <laughs> gritting our teeth I remember my lats were pretty much falling off and they're in the chain and uh, we're just going hard and after that race I just thought man we don't even have sand like we've ridden this track for like 12 months like what is going on here man <laughs> like it's it is pretty cool when you think of it like that no yeah, one's, i haven't i haven't thought of it like that it, like, it is sick like toby price man like yeah, like goes to dakar and gets third like yeah you're right there is something about like, australian same thing like i remember 2013 maddie's living with him and kirk gibbs and i are just going down there toby's doing kdm off-road we're doing kdm uh, motocross supercross and we're going out the sand dunes just blasting around this sort of stuff man not long after that toby just gets a guest ride and goes to the deck and gets third like how come <laughs> yeah. like seriously like what's up with that like just <laughs> you know the dude's got to read a map there's so much he in the Dakar. He's, we would have never read a book in his <laughs> life and all of a sudden he wins a competition where you have to read a fucking book in french hey, come on dude no one reads books around you <laughs> I do. i'm a nerd maybe I, maybe that's why i never won anything <laughs> uh, that's why no one's interviewing me because i fucking read books oh you're interviewing people so that's a start <laughs> No, but like, you're right, man. I haven't really thought about it, but yeah, like it is full on, man. Like Toby to me has got like that, um, I don't mean it in a bad way, but it's like that Forrest Gump mentality. But everyone does like, yeah, are like, you serious? Like auntie, like my team manager from Finland, they don't really know about Australia. They have no idea. They just think it's a small island. And he's like, oh, you're from that small island, Madagascar. And he used the joke. Yeah. And then like, you know, we're talking about things and I'm like, you look at the Olympics, man. Swimming race, Aussies winning it. Yeah. Running race, Aussies winning it. If not winning, up there. You yeah. know, like every sport. Then you go to the Winter Olympics. Like, do people know that we don't have winter here? Yeah. Like, 
honestly, we get a bit of snow up in a couple of mountains. Like, it's not like... Yeah, we, we shouldn't even be there. Like, and like, Scotty's out there on the snowboard just shredding. Every time I look at I'm just like, what's going on here, man? Like, <laughs> how many forest gums are there out there? Yeah, it's uh, like, I don't, yeah, maybe, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like in Toby's case, I just think like, I see him ride Fink. And I'm like, that's fucking out of control. Like the way yeah. that he just goes, like a minute full speed, like flat. His just th- wrist is like this. <laughs> it's like he's so flat that he like he makes it so that his wrist is straight at full throttle. Like yeah. he's not twisting it. It's just like straight. He just locks in. He's like, oh, <laughs> you're like, back off, dude. Back off. Back off. Back off. And I'm like, oh, you mustn't get sore arms. And he gets off the bike. He's like, fuck, I thought I was going to die, man. My arms are so sore. I couldn't even hang on. <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, let go. Like, that, isn't that what you do? You're going to like, there's just something there where he's just so like driven to just yeah. send it. And it's like, oh, I, I've never got it, eh? I've never got it. I think it's a, it goes back to the Australian mentality. Like, we just, we just got to go hard. And I like, you know maybe it's because no one takes us serious or something you know it's like that like yeah the full underdog yeah spirit. like everyone just writes you off like you know you go to an event i remember going to the first nations and yeah the three of us were unknown because everyone hurt themselves chad wasn't going whatever gave us an opportunity well man we got we got seventh at the nations like no one even heard our names before you know that's almost like chad and that got a podium but before that that was almost one of the best, best results result, yeah like you know, and we're just banging around out there. And I remember going to the press conference and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Team Australia. Um, yeah, Todd Waters? <laughs> like, you know, and everyone's just like pretty much hopping up and walking out. And we're just like, yeah, well, yeah, g'day, we're here to ride the sand. <laughs> it's going to be sick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, yeah, we cruise out there and we do half half decent. It's, um, it's oh, so that was like the press conference before the event. Yeah, before. And people are just like getting up. And yeah, and just like. there's like three people left and we're just talking to each other. Pretty much like a podcast, really. That's <laughs> fucking so funny, eh? Yeah. But, you know, then Chad goes and it's just like, it's just a, can't even fit another person circus, in there. yeah. And yeah, it's kind of, I guess, like I know that drives me when I see people like with yeah. sick gear and driving in and big campers. I'm just like, man. I need you want to, to train hard. Dude, yeah. I need to. I'm going to push ups right now. I'm going to do motos. Like, and I think that just flows on because we're. It's sports not really big here. It's always big overseas, like money and fame yeah. and that side of it. I think they grow up with that, and it kind of seems normal. Like they're getting coached from, like, you know, they're riding sick tracks. They're doing all this sort of stuff. So how does it get better? Yeah. Whereas we're doing well, figure of eight. They've got it's easier for them to take something for granted i guess yeah because they've sort of got it at their disposal a little like it's more readily at their disposal but can us. you ask you need to do a podcast with a swimmer because i'm interested i want to do i should do the podcast for the swimmer yeah sit in let's find one surely well yeah you know what my one of my best friends at school um yeah, was i remember in meeting the Olympics. him he was, at, he was yeah. at maddie's yeah um yeah i just got some questions I got what what are your questions? Man, like, you know, I I just wake up and I just think, man, like, how sick would it be just hitting LaRocco's leap? Like Yeah. You know, because we don't have that stuff here. What well, do they do? To find out in July, dude. Yeah. But what are, what's a swimmer do? Like, honestly, like are they just like 
Dude, that in Japan. In pool. Man, like those gutters just catch that water so good. It's going to be just slick in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I guess for swimming, because it's like, well, I don't know, because I'm... Oh, and people are gonna, if anyone that listens to this podcast regularly which isn't that many people but they're gonna be like stop talking about your fucking 5k run but I've been, <laughs> I've been doing this like run tell us about the push-ups oh mate your push-up comp oh it's, it's what 120 a, each day it's not a comp it's a lifestyle yeah okay <laughs> no nah, so I'll tell people about that um so I saw on Instagram that Mike Sleater who oh, oh we don't do you we know don't, Sleater we don't want to know the full story mate Just this cut. podcast is supposed to be the full story oh true do you know Sleater? Have you ever met him? Yeah. You have? Okay, yeah. you should hang out with him and mountain bike with him no, when you're in California. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I haven't met him that well. i just seen him at Dan Reedon's track 2010, maybe. Oh, no, he's a really good dude. You should you yep. should hang out with him. But um, yes, Does he listen to this? I doubt it. Oh, yeah. um, but I saw on his Instagram that one of his friends... Why are you licking his bum then, dude? Because he's a good guy. Generally, he's a oh. good guy, mate. You don't say that about I'd say anyone. I about you. No, you don't. I do all the time. The fuck, I love Todd. Why don't you do yeah, it to he, my face, dude? He looks like a koala. Give me a bit of confidence. Good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see what I mean about our crew? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I saw on Instagram that he was like doing this fat burner, back fat burner challenge or something. Oh, yeah. It was like 150 push-ups a day for a year. And I'm not the type of person that really commits to that. Like yeah. I find it way... Well, I find it easy to dismiss that as like stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like me and Harry Bink were talking about it. Like, I'm starting to learn more and more as I get older, as lame as that sounds, that little shit is actually super important. Yeah. Because it's like all those little things that you accomplish start to make you feel like accomplishment is normal mm. as opposed to like. So, I think that what I would do in years past is like, only focus on like the biggest goal that I could yeah because that was the most important one right so like make this x y video that got like a a million views instead of making a daily video that gave something but I committed to doing it every day so achievable yeah like just little things that yeah. You continuously made yourself do Come on, even man. though I dropped out in year 10 and I know that you set small goals to achieve your big goals yeah well see I've never put it into practice I've always been the big dreamer guy <laughs> so anyway oh you gotta shoot for the stars it, mate yeah might come close hey yeah that's it that's eh? my theory but so anyway the the long long see long story I got carried away I said that's not something I normally do so I'm just gonna do it yeah and I'm not really gonna make any excuses for it have you missed a day yes how do you feel about that shit yeah I've actually feel shit enough to keep a diary and I'd catch up on days yeah but now you're gonna because you've missed that day you're gonna miss more I know and you do miss more and that's a good exercise to really show yourself what like and visually see so I've been right so it's 150 push-ups a day you don't have to do them all at once just in throughout your day you have to do 150 push-ups yeah so now I've like I keep a diary of it like I just keep it in my calendar on my laptop and I if I miss a day I write zero loser <laughs> right next to my thing and then on the days I do 150 alright 150 no compliment no fucking good on you mate like yeah just that's because that's what you should do that's what you said you yeah do. but you've missed it I know it's gone but so then no, what but I've been when doing, you miss it you automatically you're like you make it okay for yourself yeah, to miss like, it yeah now you're just gonna be like oh yeah loser today 
No, it, it pisses me you off. You've got to just keep going. Yeah. Because then it gets worse and you're actually scared to miss Exactly. Them. So, but like the days that I missed them were like when I drove to Brisbane. Yeah. And the idea of sitting next to the car and doing push-ups was fucked. Like a cop-out. Why? Out. Yeah, a cop-out. I should have done it. Just when you pull up at the survey, just pump out a quick 20. Oh, man, there were some real rapey servos, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't feel that good about it. Ooh, but yeah, yeah, so they're like... But it, it has been a good exercise in like like accounting, like keeping yourself accountable. Yeah. And then those days where I've got zero loser next to it, I'd have to do like 175 the next day to like... Because you're in debt to yourself in a yeah. way. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a it's been a good. Uh, so you cut yourself short again. What do you mean? Well, you do 120. And then no, you no, said no, no, 175. No. Sorry, 175. So I do an extra 25. Yeah. Because I missed a day. Yeah, but shouldn't you do the whole 120? So you should be doing 240 the next day. No, nah, it's 150, bro. What 150 push-ups? A day. Oh, I thought you said 120. No, no, 150. Oh, it's changing all the time. <laughs> Mate, well, that's still out. Stuff. You should be doing 300. Yeah, I know, but I'm not strong enough. <laughs> I'm weak. Stop grilling me, Connor. Mate, it's my podcast. Dude, you just... You're cheating but the see, system, this is mate. why you're a professional athlete and I'm not. Yeah, but because look, now you're, just, now you're just working your way out of it again. You just come up with all these stupid ways now to get out of it, justifying it yourself. You're right. There's no just, There's no excuse. So I've Man. been doing it with Azza and Weaver, and I'm pretty sure they haven't missed days. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. But why did we start talking about that? I don't know, because you always talk about it. I don't always talk about it. Yeah, no, I just felt like saying it. I, you know, not not even many people know, mate. But <laughs> you know what is good, though? Like, if you do talk... Not not that many people watch the podcast or anything, right? But Why do you keep saying that? Because I don't want people to think that... It's probably going to build up, dude. Like, yeah, it, I, I have no doubts that it will. But I don't want to act like... Geez, you're getting cocky already. See, that's exactly right. <laughs> I don't... If I start saying that, like, oh, you think yourself. so many people... Oh, you just look like a dick. Yeah, but you don't have to say anything. You don't reckon? Just don't bring it up. You don't say so you don't reckon I'd like because when you talk about you know what well Cairns is notorious for the whole like deadly bugger syndrome like people when you're from a small town like Cairns anyone that's doing good you always get a lot of people I reckon that talk shit and it's amplified yeah. in a smaller town who cares yeah. I reckon yeah you're right that's the move yeah that's why I don't go on social media yeah you know i just upload a few things here and there if you read all the comments man yeah you can't read the comments yeah that's no good but i think that you should self-audit yourself as well and if because i think you no, can get, you just let your friends do it i yeah, just let exactly. you do it yeah, see, there, you <laughs> there you go but you're gonna eat that mango or you're just gonna dance with it oh i'm just gonna so full, it's right full north queensland has got himself a mango come in with a snack you're the only uh you're the only bloke to come in the podcast prepared with a with a fruit and, oh, a, yeah? and knife hey my good buddy wade hunter this is a funny story so i get a mango like this and i cut the cheek off it all right as you do yeah cut the cheek off it right and it looks like this and he goes where are the squares <laughs> oh no and i said what are you talking about no he and he's didn't. like you know the squares like when you flip it up and i was like oh no and the, yeah i just thought I'd, I'd throw you in there wade i'm always thinking about you mate you always make me laugh so do you want to show wade how the squares get made yeah so he just thought that all they these come years, stock like that yeah that it just come prepped like that from Woolworths. there we go 
for those just listening and not watching, Todd yeah. has perfectly prepared a mango. Now here comes so, the squares, Wade. Look, and then you just go, boom, like that. And then you just eat it. It's pretty, um, pretty good. But yeah, that was a funny one. What's that, Wade? He's a classic. Yeah, he's the best dude around. He's in Japan snowboarding right now for the Is first he? time. Yeah, I'm pretty jealous. They like some people. Well, I mean, it's yes, not some people have the luck. Some people get get it good, right? His first ever time snowboarding. They've got some of the best snow ever in Japan. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just that dude, and he'll probably be so good at snowboarding too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll have to check my phone. I must. I must have got the invite. I mustn't have seen it yet, eh? No, I, I must have got it. I must have got it too late or something. Yeah. yeah, something must happen. I didn't get invited either. Yeah. So what's the um? So what's the plan for you to go to the states? What's what's the timeline we're looking at? How's it logistically? How are we making this happen? You know my style, mate. There is zero plans. The plan is to not have a plan. Yeah, just roll. Do you need it. to go wash your hands? Just backpacking. No, I don't know. You good? Yeah, I'll just sit here for a bit. So, I'm gonna eat it soon. But so you're so you don't necessarily have like a lot of support to make this happen. Like you, your dad, and your cousin are gonna go over. Jill's yeah. gonna go over for a bit as well. Yeah, Jill's coming as well. So. Basically, I got a good team around me. Mechanics, uh, Jill's a physio. You know, she's doing all the flight booking, all that kind of crazy stuff. I'm just going to do the 120 push-ups. 50. <laughs> 150. Don't cut it short. Eh? Don't cut it short, mate. <laughs> you get roasted. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're just bringing it together. So like Yarif's jumped on board. He's helping out a bunch. So we've gone down, done some testing with Medi and just getting the bike sorted uh we'll go into a split rhythm that dave ellis is running yeah that's gonna be cool yeah so, all. yeah so that's gonna be good it's alongside the v8 supercars it's gonna be a bit of fun so we'll go down there um and check that one out and then we'll go from there to uh over to new zealand we'll do the last two rounds so just get some racing new zealand tracks are a bit like america quite open and fast uh good people too yeah so uh yeah i'll go over there with new zealand honda uh blue wings honda so they're a different kind of setup so they actually own honda they import oh, the bikes they're like, the dealer yeah or like they're the distributor of honda yeah so they're they're their own honda like so they don't have any connections with other honda like around the world it's just them so yeah. uh go do some stuff with them and then we'll fly straight from there to america that gives us about five weeks um yeah we'll go check out some vans and get a set up um, so what we're going to do is basically we're going to get a like a toy hauler, uh, like an RV uh, for people here in Australia. It's a motorhome, um, so it'll sleep, yeah, sleep all of us, and then there'll be like a workshop in the back of it, yeah. And then we'll just load the bikes in, and yeah, we're just going to travel from each round, cruise around, and then yeah, hopefully we'll be able to stay over there and and do some riding like Supercross after the championship. Yeah. So Justin Brayton will then. He's going to race Supercross here for Honda. Um, so hopefully I can hook up with Justin, do some Supercross training over there, probably four or five weeks, and then fly back here and race our championship alongside him. And and yeah, the plan is to try and build momentum through that Supercross. So have a bit of a preseason Supercross uh, race Supercross here in Australia, which is, you know, the tracks are completely different to America, the surfaces and stuff, but it's still racing. It's still Supercross. It's still, still racing. good um we run a pretty good championship here so hopefully build some momentum through that and i uh, want to go do some supercross in the states the year after so yeah if i'm pulling my finger out and get some results uh to the level that i think i can achieve um will you race a lights good. class or 450 class probably just both 
just gonna mad dog at Daryl Hurley style. Yeah, it's or, way no, too hard to pick. Uh, Daryl King. Yeah. Whether you race like three classes a day or something. <laughs> Fucking savage. <laughs> and then probably every bit of mediate on the oh. day he killed. <laughs> Have you seen that dude's quads, dude? Yeah. All oh, right. No wonder he can Quadrosaurus Rex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that'll be sick. Yeah. Um, and do you have a idea on uh, like results? Like, do you know what you kind of to expect for yourself or? Oh, look. Every, just going in you know, fully open-minded. Yeah. Open-minded for me. And I've always done it like that. The underdog sort of mentality. And I feel as if you go over there and you're like, man, I want to win, you know, and you train to win. In the back of the mind, you know, you train to do the... I train to do the best that I can do. And yes, you have results. So you'll come in and be like, oh man, that's not where I should be or, or so on. But if you just go in there like, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. And it doesn't happen. And you go out and qualify and you're 15th. That's a long way from winning. And all of a sudden you're just like... And you can't ride for the day. Like you're just yeah. done, mentally done. Whereas you just go there and you're just like, 15th, man, that's not where I should be. Moto 1, I'm putting in these guys are fast but i got the legs you know things like that yeah and it just helps me just it's just how i've always worked i don't need to i set goals to train hard and yeah i set goals i want that camper i want this i want you know i want to be standing on that box and uh at the end of the championship you know that's what i want uh i don't need to tell myself that i'm gonna win today like Mm. so i just go about things a little bit differently um so yeah that's sort of you know realistically i want to be in the top 10 and and i want to be you know pushing for top fives as well that's that's sort of where i feel that's what i'm training for yeah you know so that's what i i want to be i want to be one of those dudes that you know is up the pointy end of the field battling for it you know it's unrealistic for me to say oh i want to go over there and win because you know like tomac Kenny, these dudes, they got programs set. They got, they live there. They know the tracks. It's the expectations a bit. a bit different yeah. too. Like in just, uh, it's like, I think that in sports, momentum something that is built over years. Yeah. Like perfect. Again, Adam Cincerello, right? I love that dude. Like yeah. he's the man. Yeah. He's a, a friend of mine. Yeah. And he came in, he built momentum to racing pro motocross his entire life yeah his entire life was a lead up to that first supercross and he won yeah and then he won again and then he was leading the championship and then the dude in second went out mm. and then he fucked his shoulders yeah and we've seen him building momentum now again over years yeah Kenny Kenny's yeah. in the same thing all the years of winning RCH battling with Dunge you know like won a championship at RCH yep. battled with Dunge winning Supercross race that momentum had built to the point where last year he'd won those races yeah and he looked like he was unstoppable yep then he crashed and then you've got to build that momentum again yeah so I think that yeah going in with the plan of doing the best and not just going there to win because you're right like it it's, yeah. it's not even if the talent and the speed and everything else was there, it would still be an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Because you're going against guys that have done it before. Yeah. So I think it is a super smart way to approach it and go, I've got no experience on this particular spectrum of racing. 
Yeah. So it's like, I just don't, yeah, I just don't think anyone with that can really just go in there and be like, yeah. going to kill it. Yeah. But hey, we're a racer. Like, you I'm a racer. That's win. what I do. You, like, yeah, it doesn't mean you can't, but you know, I just think momentum's built yeah. over a long period of time. Yeah, that's right. And, but yeah, I'm a racer. Like, I, I just said, like, you know, when I close my eyes at night, I don't dream about getting 10th. Nah. You know, I'm dreaming about winning and kicking butt. But the way that we get there is, you know, I'm, I'm planning to go over next year and show, yeah. you know, that we work hard. That's what the Australians are known for is we work hard and we want it. That's uh, that's a fact. And I want to show the good traits about myself. And, and that's my goal is to land a ride. I want to be over there racing. So that's pretty much the gamble I'm taking. I've almost had a second chance. You know, I've come back from Europe and I've settled in and I've got it all cruising and and it's um, all sweet, but I'm just like, man, what am I... Like, I can do this for... Like, houses, set yourself, all that sort of rubbish. You can do that, like, Whenever. heaps of time. Yeah. You've got the rest of your life. Like, what am I doing here? I, I need to go racing. Like, yeah. And I just kind of just went, man, I'm, i got to invest in my own career and uh, and make it happen, so... That's basically instead of investing in houses and stuff like that, I'm going to put my money into myself. Well, that paid off for Chad when he won yeah. that title with Suzuki. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, and that's yeah. It's uh, I guess at the end of the day, like fuck all the rest of it if it's what you want to do. Yeah, like you just saying I want to race in America should be enough for everyone to go. Oh yeah, fucking good, yeah. sick. Like I'll I'll watch you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, it's kind of yeah justify it there's a bunch of ways you can justify yeah. it just the fact that you want to do it means you should do it yeah exactly you know? and especially like physically you're in your prime age wise like Old you financially you yeah. you're fine yeah and you can do it so just have a crack like yeah. man it paid it paid off so big for cooper yeah because he did the exact same thing yeah and it's like i mean it's not like you look at someone else's thing and just try and do that like that it's I'm not saying, yeah, that's your reason for doing it, but it's yeah. like, it can work, man. Yeah. It's worked before. Like Chad won a title off the back of taking out an insurance policy against himself. And yeah. Like when you do things for the right reasons, shit can really pay off. Yeah. And it's a thing like things are stale, man. I'm stale. Mm. This year I'm walking around doing the same stuff and I was just so stale. I was just eating mangoes, man. Like, so you made, we're just not good enough. Yeah, just like, hanging around with us anymore. just cruising around eating mangoes all day. Surfing at Burley. Like, I can eat mangoes all for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> I'm going to eat some tacos or something. Like, go find something different. Like, and that's how it is. Like, as soon as I just it actually come from Cody Cooper, he come over and raced Manji Mump, and I was there alongside him, and I was like, dude all your racing's at the start of the year and you did some of the ama what do you do now and he's like oh yeah this and that but i'm going to race the outdoor championship next year and i was like what what the whole thing and he's like yeah just gonna get a camper just gonna go do it and cody's just simple. he's that dude too. just yeah you know just that is how it is you know i think like dude you're not on a factory ride you're not this you're not that how are you gonna get around all these things come into my head cody just goes I'm going to go and race the AMA championship and it all falls into place because everything works out. That's how it is. Yeah. And I went home and I was just like, I'm going to race the AMA championship. I want to be there slipping in behind Coops, passing him and peeing out the window onto his camper or something. You know, yeah. like that's, I just like, as soon as it's fun, I thought that thought coming to my mind, I was just like, man, 
that amped. I couldn't sleep at night. Go tell my old man. My old man's skipping around. Like everyone that I talk to are just amped and it just feeds that yeah. energy is just feeding and man that's what winning feels like you're just like everyone's pumped and so that's winning for me just going over there like yep. i'm i'm pretty excited it's gonna be sick it is pretty rad that like because i mean this like whether it's successful or whether it's not or the biggest thing that i love doing and i, I don't know whether people know this is like i love when something comes from nothing yeah to me that's like the dopest shit ever yeah because like sometimes like an iphone that wasn't an iphone yeah and it changed the world it's like not everything you're getting deep hey but not everything (laughs) has to change the world but it's like that's what fun that's what you're right like it does feel like a win because here it is like you at manjim up and you're just getting ready to do the same thing you did every other year and then someone says something and then bang you have an idea yeah and then that like just the fact that you had that idea changes like the year or the fucking next five years or whatever yeah so it's like that's what's rad about like that's what i love doing so it's really cool when you're like I, yeah i can just relate to what you're saying it's like yeah it comes out of nowhere and then you're like damn like it just feels just having the idea yeah. itself feels like a win yeah kicking goals kicking goals taking names riding <laughs> red getting head <laughs> <laughs> shit dude i'm gonna polish this yeah have a crack at your mango do you want one no nah, i'm good why not ah uh, because i got a red ball too much fucking sugar i'm ODing as it is I only getting drinking the mangoes it. have sugar in them yeah yeah they're full of sugar mate oh that's good less sugar than a red ball uh what else did you come to talk about um i don't know there's no pressure to really talk about anything actually what? what about so i had the idea we're going over going over the states talking to your microphone can't you hear that dude, it sounds I'm, better dude i'm trying to eat something right now <clears throat> oh you listen here listen here mate uh, brodo i had this idea can you hear me now yeah mate my name's bowser <laughs> <laughs> oh you're a wanker <laughs> <laughs> you can't put that in there eh? I don't know maybe we're gonna have to oh shit um, I'm trying to be responsible nah yeah so try less the reason why is cause Honda are a pretty corporate company and I'm trying to represent them well you know as you can see you know that um, I don't know if Jats has got in trouble but I feel like people on the corporate end of um, of Honda I don't know if I, I don't know if it's Honda. I don't so I don't want to say I don't know who it is, but I hear that people are like oh Jat shouldn't be posting the way he's posting and things like, <laughs> like it's not it doesn't fit yeah. like the Dungey model sort of mm. thing, which it doesn't at all. It's like the opposite thing. Yeah, but fuck me, I love watching the videos mm. he makes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like dude that and obviously people like it too because he's getting so many followers and like people yeah. fr- like. I have so many people mention what like his videos and shit. Yeah. And they're so raw and rustic and just, just him. funny. Like. And it's like <laughs> everyone now gets to see the kid that we've seen grow up since he was on a 60. Yeah. Like people don't know. Jats probably has won more Aussie titles than like he'd be up there, eh, of like guys that's won Aussie titles, you reckon? Yeah, I don't know. A bit like Harris Brennan's probably the dude. But yeah. like Jats was a little savage and like I remember pushing his bike, yeah. his eighty five in the back of the van after the last motor at Coolum where he won the Australian title and his whole like headset <laughs> was loose. And then he comes well, I'm like, Well, did you know that there was like that? And he's like, Nah. 
That was like um, Wade hopped on his bike, rode it for like half a lap, ride straight back, and he's like, "Dude, your bars aren't even straight." <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the kid that it's like, awesome. That's what we love about. Yeah, Jats. that's the kid that we love, right? Yeah. And like everyone that knows Jats is just like, mate, he's the biggest legend ever. Yeah. And like, so yeah, that what he's doing with his videos and stuff, like that's just him. Yeah. Like, that's fully him being him, and like. I don't know Dean Ferris that well, but I yeah. guarantee that Dean Ferris that's on the podium isn't the Dean Ferris that's hanging around with his mates. Yeah, surely not. So it's like, and that's not, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but yeah. it's, di- it's different. But yeah. when you're seeing Jats on the podium and he's like drinking champagne and then flicking his hair yeah. back, like, that's the dude that he is hanging around with his mates. Yeah, so like, that's how it should be. Yeah, isn't it sick to like see a young yeah. kid come along, not feel the pressure of like yeah. bit the dungy syndrome or the, you know what I mean? Like the super pump deal. Yeah like it's so <laughs> sick it's, and I love how's those. that YouTube video what's that that super pumped one I haven't seen it oh I won't go it. into it then to, is, he just, is it like a super pump compilation yeah just like everything he's super pumped about <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean like how good's America for that like they just make some cool wacky stuff yeah they do mate. have you seen Donald Trump says China yeah <laughs> <laughs> China <laughs> but like that's it it's just so sick and then like I don't, and again i don't know if anyone's actually getting mad at him but when i hear people say like oh he's getting a bit of heat for it like yeah. i don't know where it's coming from but it's like fuck it's like don't ruin our one chance of yeah. like actually having some fun on the podium yeah because like man some of that shit is so good <laughs> i will say though He's still a pup in the game. He admitted it. <laughs> he can't, he, he came, At his twenty first, he, he came to uh, he came to Toby's now infamous uh, Australia Day party, which I'm pretty glad you weren't at. Yeah, because <laughs> it would have been worse. Yeah, but uh, he we like we got in the Uber and left, and he's like, "Damn, dude, I thought I was loose." <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, yeah, man, you are. You haven't seen anything yet. And you left at 10 o'clock. Yeah. So pretty. He's still, there's still some innocence there. Yeah. So what are, what are you doing with your training? It's been a bit different this year. Yeah. We keep going like serious to fucking <laughs> loose. <laughs> serious loose. No, well, I wanted, that's what I was going to say. I wanted to talk to you about... Um, so basically I wanted to create... I don't know. I just want to people to be able to see what we're doing like we're going to buy a camper we're going to do this and that and like we're going to live the dream in in america so basically we've yeah jill's got a bunch of camera gear and all this weird stuff and gonna we just want to do some like just raw sort of edits edits so i've been watching a bit of stuff like that um the surfers do yeah and it's like you know vlogging yeah like just pretty raw stuff scotty does a good job um at the snowboarding like yep. that just that's what i think could be cool about our sport yeah because i raced the world championship and there's so many crazy stories and we went to argentina and we went to some third world countries like just things that you just don't expect and never no one's seen that or no one knows about it i didn't know about it it doesn't get shown on the broadcast yeah and america probably won't be as exciting in that terms of things like uh, going to brazil and you know it's one of the only countries where the rainforest meets the ocean like it's it's beautiful and chicks walking around g-strings like that's what they do over there and yeah culturally it's just so okay like it's just completely different like and it would have been cool to just be able to blog it like follow it a little bit and share it with people so yeah i was going to talk to you about doing something like that like and yeah i was talking to you about doing like a bit of an intro thing and yeah 
I don't know, starting off like here in Australia and going to New Zealand and yeah, I just want to show like, yeah, our experience, like racing the championship, like what it's actually like, you know, yeah. we see the, the dungies that are on the podium and all that sort of stuff. And sometimes you go to MX Cribs and go to, you know, uh, MTV Cribs with Ricky Carmichael and sees Mad Big House and that, but you don't actually see anything. Like you don't that. feel like you're actually getting a chance to hang out with Ricky Carmichael. Yeah. Whereas in these videos that you're talking about and even to a certain extent Jats's stuff like yeah. you kind of feel like you're hanging out with the guy yeah and you and it's like because you know that there's like okay the podium ricky can't and i know the podium ricky carmichael yeah. is very different to the real ricky carmichael yeah so like yeah trying to bridge that gap and show people yeah what it's actually like yeah and i think it's a fucking awesome idea like i'm so, gonna be watching it yeah i think that's a a little bit of an opening that i don't know i've, I've seen and i want to i want to be a part of it i see that that's easily achievable in our day and age with yeah it's so camera easy. gear super cheap and and whatever you can even just do it on your phone any like dickhead really. can make videos <laughs> <laughs> yeah what was that one dream ride or something yeah i don't know like, yeah yeah dream guy or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yes voter uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes voter oh god uh, we won't go there we may offend a few people i know my did you see my facebook post about offending people no i'm actually kind of pissed off about the whole like offended thing it is for another time but yeah. I, I, I did a i posted facebook rants before <laughs> <laughs> i don't even go on facebook man there's too much crap. i just want to see photos i want to see videos like i kind of get upset sometimes like yeah, Jill's always on to me. She's like, oh, man, you need to post, like, I don't know, some some just stuff, like, at the beach, like, not just moto stuff on Instagram. I'm like, no, man, like... No one wants to see like, this shit. I stop following people because they're putting photos up of them and their girlfriend at the beach and this sort of stuff. I just want to see... I, want to, I follow a BMX dude because he's doing flips and stuff and crazy stuff. I follow a surfer because he's in the barrel. I don't want to see him, what he's eating and what MasterChef cook up he's having at home like honestly like that's just me because i'm just die hard like yeah if i want to see cooking i follow master chef or i go on pinterest i keep it separate man pinterest yeah dude oh no have you not seen the car stuff on there no i don't look at pinterest oh yeah i'm too busy with my why are you commenting no because it's traditionally a very female social media if you look at the statistics is that why eli wilson has it under his wife's name i think Eli in any form of any conversation is an outlier that we, should, <laughs> that we shouldn't put to normal society. <laughs> Love you, Eli. Yeah, sick. Nah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Just follow the people you want to follow and post the stuff you want to post. Yeah. So, kind of, I guess we're wanting to start up a bit of a YouTube channel because, yeah, you got to keep it separate, I feel. like. And you can make money off it too, to be honest. Like, what you're doing is you're going to be a privateer, you're not going to be making money. YouTube's yeah. a pretty solid way to make money. I think it's like... Oh, I'm going to butcher it. Yeah, I'm not even going to say the stat, but it's like per 10,000 views, you can make X amount of money. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, if you can... like there's no one really doing it yeah so i'm like if you can do a good job of it yeah I think, actually you know what christian craig have you started watching he's been doing a vlog series has he no yeah. i haven't and it's very very similar actually like yep. pretty much the day that you mentioned it to me yep i saw him say dog you told him i did tell him <laughs> <laughs> no but no. he i like saw a thing so like new vlog yeah. and i was like oh, oh yeah. okay that's pretty sick and yep. then like his wife's doing it and 
they're in a bubble like what you'll see from them is the same every single weekend yeah getting on a plane yeah getting to the Geico semi the bike's already on the stand checks his sag yeah has a massage by Dr. G yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like so you like I think that if we're to look at a creating a point of difference being a privateer and a toy hauler yeah with you your dad your cousin and your girlfriend and I want to pull up at like a job site and I don't know give a prize to one of the dudes that can do a stand up doughy on me bike or something like yeah do shit <laughs> like that fuck yeah I imagine that I don't know just like cool stuff because you know like as 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 wacky as Keisha was People love that guy. Oh, yeah. People I, loved him. I love him. You I raced I mean? him. Like, he's my age. Like, we raced all the way Is through. He your Six, age? Yeah, I raced him on 65. Dude, I always thought he was so much younger than you. Yeah. Not even because he was smaller. Yeah. No, it's like Ty, him and myself, we race each other all the way through. Yeah, right. I thought yeah. he was a different age. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. I interrupted you. I think, oh, it might be 12 months, but we always race each other. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I watched his new... I don't know, like he's the video on him, like a bit of a blog, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's super interesting. Was it the one that um, Brett Trigg did? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, where he's like... Like talks about his career and yeah, stuff. Like yeah, like and JDR and all that it stuff. It was sick, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. And that's what sort of gave... I gave me a bit of an idea. I had an idea there, but because of what I have done and I'm like, man, that would have been sick, like yeah. doing something like that. Then I watched Josh and because I know him so well, it was uh, like he's disappeared. Yeah. Like I come back from Europe. I haven't seen the dude for years. Yeah. He might have come and rode one Supercross, but he's just gone. And then to hear his story and where he's been and that kind of stuff was, it touched me. It was yeah. sick. I loved it. And that's where I was like, man, it, it's kind of cool. Like that people can follow someone. Yeah. To see. And now it's like the time to do it, man. Like if you it's so um like before the internet and before instagram and before facebook and all that stuff right yeah for people to see you or hear you you have to be on tv or you have to be on radio and like there's you can't really say that there's like everybody has an equal chance to get on tv or radio Mm. like if i like so i've been doing a podcast the toby thing has like twenty five thousand views right yeah so even still with me putting out a podcast that's twenty five thousand views on facebook or whatever if i walk to a radio station Mm. i doubt i'd get a chance like you know what i mean Mm. so before this whole thing before the internet like you have to go to a radio station you have to like do an audition and some dude could say yes or no to you Mm. and then that was it like yeah you either were on tv or you weren't on tv and the amount of spots that were available for people to be on tv or radio is like 30 40 50 yeah so, but now it's like everyone can do it and then like you just put it out and then the people decide if they want to watch it or not but like what you do like you know back in the day you would have had to do the channels like get yep. a degree yep go in and be like hey guys like um this is my education yep this is what i have done and all this stuff whereas that's the cool thing with you you're just like man like we're just in Cairns. I'm best mates with your brother. That's how I met you. I sprayed your, your fucking mad hell. jeans. I, to, I, I mean, yeah. that, eh? Troy Lee design pants. <laughs> I was so pissed for so long. I don't know what happened there. 
just got whiskey on that spray can. Oh, I know what happened. Throttle got I know stuck what on. Happened. It was my first experience of a classic stitch up. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging around the Moto Boys. That's what I knew. I was like, this little fucking sponsored asshole just thinks he can come and paint my $200 pants that I had to buy. That's how he was. He just cracked it oh, at I me. I spat it, eh? And I only just met the guy and I was like, well, don't stand there, dude. Like, I don't mean to be a dick, but don't walk your pants around like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway oh man that was classic yeah but yeah sorry so well, where were we at I don't know you said that you met me in cans and you spray painted my pants and then I got I got flashbacks I'm triggered yeah <laughs> I'm stuck in those days I'm thinking of your swimming pool and like oh. your shit next to it yeah Todd used to like live with us when he'd do TAFE because many people don't know Todd's actually a qualified tradesman yeah so like the it's not hard to believe. No, but it's not normal. Yeah. What, aren't like the dudes in Europe and America that race, aren't they tradies? No, Roxon oh. Roxon was a chippy. <laughs> no, 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 he never was. No, he hey, was just a motocross prodigy. Please be aware that Americans might be listening to this and they don't know your slang. He's like a, a chippy. A builder. Yeah. yeah, builder. That's better, mate. So, but no, like that's what, yeah, it is cool. Like now you can... So, like, if you want... Oh, that's to, where I was going. You can stop talking now. Oh, sorry. Enough with the questions. <laughs> yeah, so, um, that's what was kind of cool. Like, I met yourself through Maddie, and I used to come down there and stay at TAFE and, yeah, just run a mark, go riding pushy and stuff. And then one day, I just remember you being like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this website. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, yeah, sick. <laughs> and, like, you started MX Daily. And it turned into what was it, MX monthly or something? MX yearly. It ended oh, up yearly. <laughs> MX let the subscribe, let the website run out, domain. <laughs> yeah. So like, Jace is just. Did you? You didn't work, eh? Nah. Well, like I worked for. So right what did out. You do of, right out of school. I oh, because you didn't have any money. Because I always used to shout you, bro. What are you talking? You used to shout me Subway a bit. <laughs> I will say that. Forgot that wallet, eh? <laughs> oh, I always forgot the wallet. That's where the gypsy comes from. Yeah. No, nah, like, first out of school, I worked in the brick factory. Oh, yeah. And I worked from three in the afternoon till three in the morning. Throwing... Is that Nutrigrain? No, the Besser. Oh. What, yeah. So, I thought you worked at Nutrigrain Brick Factory. No. Mum's you know the Nutri-Grain? Yeah, no, nah, they were a bit heavier than that. Oh. <laughs> worked there. Oh, you did the real deal. The real bricks. Yeah. And then I worked at the council. Mowing, I used to whip a snip the highway. Oh, yeah. So I did that. And then I got a job at Kawasaki and yeah. then Honda. And then while I was working at Honda, I started writing magazine articles for Ureve. Yeah. And I would send all the magazine articles into Ureve. Yeah. And then Ureve finally said, yeah, you should come down to Melbourne and I'll give you a job. So I moved down to Melbourne and it only yeah. lasted six months. I couldn't stand him. Yeah. And um, probably my fault as much as his. Yeah, he's clashed. Yeah, we just didn't get on. And um, ironically, told me I'd never work in motocross again. Yeah. Did yeah. do that eventually. <laughs> but no, like it, it was just the, I I didn't enjoy the, the um, magazine side of it. And then verb moto was what inspired me because yeah. verb did videos and i was like i want to do videos because yeah. i loved watching them so then just fluke randomly worked out that i was able to like i just picked up making videos pretty easily yeah and then yeah from there i just yeah then i found out that i did like making stuff that was nothing and then yeah. people 
could watch it and whatever. Yeah, well, know? that's what was cool. Like, you know, you you put, like, so many crew go to uni and do all these degrees. Yeah. And you were just like, oh, I'm just going to start this website up. And you just started this website and it actually worked. Like, and I was, like, for my brain, I'm trying, Maddie hooks me up with MySpace and Instagram yeah. and Facebook and stuff. Like, he's the one that introduced me to all that kind of stuff. And um, now Maddie runs all my social media as well. So it turned from us just being kids and uh, yeah, Maddie get me on MSN and all this weird stuff and yourself, yeah, creating like websites and stuff. That blew me away. And then you went on to doing like Dream World. Uh, Dream Ride. Yeah, Dream Ride. Um, like these films that like I watch these things and I'm just like, dude, it's like it's a credit. Yeah, and that's, thanks, dude. that's where I'm sort of saying like, that's what I, I think is really cool because you see the the old day and age of like you've got to go to university and yes, you do when you're doing the doctor stuff and yep. that. But it's cool like this day and age. like Yeah, you don't need to for that man, stuff. Man, you just honestly, you can get a camera. You can even type in YouTube how to do it. Yeah. Like there'll Dude, be something I went to there. YouTube university for sure. Like, I was insane. I will say like I got lucky in the sense that I'm probably like the first generation of dudes like i'm 29 so i'm 30 this year mm. i don't think before me not me personally but between before my age group i don't think the whole youtube university thing would work yeah i think i was like just got super lucky to figure out that that was there because like i will say when i first started editing and doing all this like uh, wordpress wasn't really around like i had to pay a a legit programmer it was like eight thousand dollars to build mx daily yeah and it was a shit website yeah so like i was pre like all the stuff maddie builds now like he can build himself by learning through youtube and then it's only like some of the more complex stuff that you have to like pay programmers and stuff to do but like so that wasn't there the film stuff like alan hardy who you know he's also from Cairns. he worked at channel 10 for years he did like the whole film and tv so like we're the same age so he got into it a couple years before me and because he was a couple years before me he fully had to go through like the channel 10 and all that yeah he's now one of the best filmmakers in australia hands down yeah and doing like million dollar super cheap commercials and stuff like that so if anyone in australia is listening that's seen the super uh super cheap commercials alan yeah. did that so and dude i would like when i first got a camera i'd call alan and be like hey man how do i start like a new project like i just yeah. got final cut yeah it's like for real there was no youtube and then yeah. like it was only around like the time when i was editing dream Ride, actually that i could like go and look at shit yeah. online like that so yeah we um but i guess what i was saying before is that you used to have to walk into it like so why you would have to walk into a radio station or a tv station or like say, I've got a pilot for this TV show. Mm. Or hey, I'm Todd Ward. Like, oh, let's say I'm Daryl King and I'm a motocross rider and I want you to follow me around with the camera yeah. and um, put this on TV. Yeah. Like exactly what you're going to do. You, you Daryl King, I'm going to go to America and I'm going to do this. Get, yeah. Send the TV crew and then we'll put it out. They've got like, so then there'd be a filter between you that's trying to make this show and then the people that could potentially watch this show. And then there was a dude in the middle that would go, nah oh fuck like it was his job to decide whether enough people would want to watch it oh yeah to where it make money yeah so now what's happened with youtube is like so this podcast i go 
this is my idea for a podcast. I want to talk to Todd Waters. I think that there would be enough people out there that would watch it to like warrant me doing it, which is let's say 50, 50 people watch this. Then that like are interested in you. Then I'm stoked that those people get to do it. Yeah. But in the days of TV, a guy would go, how long is it? Two hours? Nah, like 50 people watching Todd Waters for two hours on TV. Just, sorry, man, your show doesn't air. Yeah. So, like, same with, like, Daryl King. Just gets King. nothing, yeah. Yeah, so, Daryl, sorry, mate, like, motocross is pretty small. Not enough, we've done these demographic studies. Not enough of our demographic will enjoy watching motocross. Yeah. So, they, they don't show it on TV. Now, with YouTube, all you do is go, oh, I've got, how many people you got on Instagram? Yeah, I do you know. know. Well, yeah, let's yeah. say you got 20,000 people on Instagram, yeah. right? oh, well, I got 20,000 people on Instagram that are interested enough in me to watch. So I'm just going to make a video and I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. There's no dude in the middle anymore telling you what they think the people will like. There's only the people. Yeah. And then the people, they give you a thumbs up or they give you a thumbs down and they go, oh, that was sick or dude, that was shit. And then it just becomes like this totally open thing where you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. And now you're in that position like look at Jax yeah. that's what he's doing he didn't yeah. he's not like no he didn't have to go to someone and say hey I want to make these videos for my um, for my Instagram do you think people will watch them yeah just did it yeah and then people decide yeah so like that that's what's cool that you're in that position now to do that you don't yeah. need anyone to tell you you can yeah no you just do it and see how you go with it it's pretty sick yeah, it's a definitely a, a, an interesting time, but the, uh, there is a downside of it that there's just so much fucking shit out there to look at. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta take yeah. the good with the bad. Well, I mean, I don't watch TV ever now. Yeah. Ever. I just watch YouTube. Yeah. Well, man, when you... Dude, I watched the news the other day when I was doing some foam roller and I was just like, man, is this stuff really happening in Australia? Oh. Like, honestly, the news is just out of control. So that's another day. Yeah, it's pretty weird yeah so i think they get weirder too yeah um yeah what are you doing with your training because you got new training that i feel like that's important yeah so pretty much um i've got the same trainer so jared he's based himself down in melbourne and we've been working together since 2009 and um so he knows me inside and out and that's uh that's the biggest thing for me because as an athlete you just train you get so motivated after races and so on you just want to smash yourself so He's uh, the one that monitors all the numbers and the science of it all. And he tells me when to go hard and when not to. So that's a big part. Um, Jill's a physio, so she looks after, takes care of all that side of it. Um, I've got a few injuries throughout the years, so she keeps my body moving moving good um, and in line, most importantly. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much we're heading down tomorrow. So we, we cruise off tomorrow and uh, we're going to spend a few days with Ben Townley. That's um, going to be sick. Yeah, so that's going to help on the bike. So Have you done much with Ben before? No, I've, I've never... just raced Ben a couple of times. So you've met him and stuff like... Yeah, so obviously everyone's different when you're like when you're race mode racing versus, someone. Yeah. So I don't know Ben from a personal side. Um, so I'm, He is a full legend. Yeah, so I'm keen to, yeah. I'm keen to see that side of Ben and, and to work with him because, yeah, he's... He's a ninja at that sort of kind of stuff. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, Ben, uh, I met him at Motocross and Like of Nations in 2010. So that was like my first real thing I ever went and did internationally. And I was just like so like wide-eyed. And and he was just such a good dude. And like 
it's funny because when you're a don't you reckon when you're a kid you never really feel like a kid yeah. like you always feel like you're the same age yeah so like well we were watching that video that your eve sent you today yeah of like you when you first won that race like when you first yeah. won that 450 race well, how old are you like 17 18 yeah 18 my first 450 win and like you watch it now and yeah. you look at yourself like oh my god i was such a kid but then yeah. when you were there you felt like you were the exact same todd waters you are now right oh man when i was there i was just like like yeah i'm just it's me like i'm yeah. into it yeah. i look at me now i don't have any hair on me face like, yeah, like nothing i'm just like what the hell like yeah it's pretty funny so i look at so i look at um the first time i met townley because he's one of my heroes yeah and i'm like now that i'm older i look back and i like him even more yeah because i was just such a fucking dork kid <laughs> yeah. and he was still nice to me you yeah. know what i mean like and i wonder if i would have been that nice to me like you know what i mean like that same kid that like if i came up to myself i would have been like what is this loser (laughs) you know what i mean so like you get a dude like you'd be such a douche i reckon i would be such a dick to myself yeah yeah i reckon you would be that's what i'm saying like i got so much more respect for townley as a dude looking back at myself going like you were a fucking dipshit (laughs) (laughs) trying to be cool with townley Uh, so you're going to enjoy hanging out with him yeah no that'll be good so yeah we cruise down there um down to sydney where are you what oh you're gonna um melrose's place right yeah melrose's going down to lawson boppings as well uh i haven't been to either track so that's exciting as well apparently um boppo's got some pretty good tracks down there yeah he's got some big jumps because that's what he likes doing so yeah who's that guy that um he races konski's bikes at the vets real big dude cashy cashy yeah are you gonna ride his place no i don't he's down there so. isn't he no nah, he's in sydney like oh, camera way it's down that oh, way oh okay well that's near but, lawson right yeah yeah because you should go right there for jobs yeah. he I'm, was showing me some videos those things are big builders. yeah <laughs> yeah no it'd be cool i've uh spoke with cashy he wants me to come down like yeah. he's super keen to do some riding um but yeah i just gotta find my way down there we're down there but uh, I think it's Just all time. booked in. Yeah. Like we got four days riding and it's all planned out. So, yeah. Good shit. Just tag along. What else do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty good, eh? I've got to go to the gym. Do you? Yeah. What time is it? 5.30. Jeez. Missed calls. Just flat. Yeah. All right. Well, we've been doing an hour and a half. All right, I think my laptop, I thought it was plugged in, but it's not. So, Todd, you're a legend. <laughs> Fucking love you. I should tell you that you're a good dude more than I do. <laughs> don't do that. I love you, mate. I you're don't like it. I like getting cut down. I know. You're a good kid. You've always been a good kid, and you're a good mate. So. Oh, Ross Beaton, he's a good kid, eh? Remember that? <laughs> MX Nationals. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, one of the videos. It just sticks in my the head. The MX Daily Motocross Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That went big, too. Yeah. All right, mate. Good job. Appreciate it. I'll probably surf with you anyway. No, I'm probably not going to see you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm coming back. You're not going anywhere, are you? Uh, I'll probably go back up to Cairns. Why? Got to go do shit, mate. I'm bloody busy. If I dude, can't sit still too I remember long. talking to you. You're up there and you're just like, dude, I've got to come down here and do some work. I know, but I've done work. I've done like five podcasts in three days. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Work done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Todd Waters. Uh, you're a champ and everyone's going to be keen and when i'm back in america we'll do another podcast maybe from the motor